Just looks like you should be doing something over there. Quiet on the set! <laughs> Folks at home. <laughs> Folks at home. Alright, I can't do that. <laughs> Folks at home! Folks at home! How you doing? Welcome to Ike Live show number nine! Woo. Round of applause! Wow! We're, we're getting up there. Uh, man, this is a very exciting show for a lot of reasons. First of all, we got a lot of special guests here. We're going to introduce them in a second. Second reason, man, what? Pete, what the heck do we... What, what, this is a Halloween special. What the heck are we wearing today? <laughs> Who are you, by the way? I didn't notice you with your eyebrows I, and your I, hair I, done I like that. I, I am Dr. McCoy. Dr. McCoy. Bones, right? Bones. Bones Bo- from Star Trek. My son is still freaked out by me having black hair walking around the house. But that, <laughs> <laughs> you really do look like Bones, by the way. Uh, and, and just in case everybody didn't know, notice the shield. Right here. I am Captain Kirk tonight. So nobody's calling me Mike tonight. I'm Kirk. I'm Captain Kirk. And now on the casting couch, this is kind of exciting. This is kind of exciting. Let's, can we get uh, Brian DeCarp? Head Klingon. Uh, A.K.A. Dave. Kapa. Kapa. <laughs> and then, uh, this is exciting because we travel all over the universe, literally. And we make stops at a lot of galaxies and, and Milky Ways. And uh, we found this very special guest in the southern part of the country. Brian DeCarpenter, can we get another couch shot? And we have, from our southern ship... <laughs> Can we get a couch shot? We got a couch shot. You do. Oh, I didn't say it. We have Captain Awesome. Captain Awesome, everybody. Captain awesome. Glad to be here. Captain Awesome, where where in the south are you from? Where's your ship from? The USS Tennessee is uh, out of Nashville. Nashville. Yes. Okay. It's Southern Command. We've been pretty busy, and uh, it's nice to make it up to this uh, neck of the woods. So. Oh. Okay, well, it's good to have you on the show tonight. For those of you that don't know, Jared works with us at Bash University and Bash University TV, as well as piloting a starship. Apparently. Right. It's it's <laughs> it's a lot. He's got a lot on his plate right now for such a young guy. No doubt. Uh, and I'd be uh, I'd be remiss here if I didn't mention the amazing staff in the back and 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 our guest, our our main guest in the back here, uh, in the studio. Let me pump this one up. We might need a drum roll. Somebody get a, get a Klingon. Can you do a drum roll? <laughs> that was a Klingon drum roll. We've got, uh, we've got a very special guest, but it looks like we swapped chairs here. Check this out. In the back, we've got, as always, Brian the Carpenter. Wait a minute. Is that Brian the Carpenter or is that Spock? The ears look pretty strange to me. It's Spock. Uh, it might be Brian the Carpenter. It's probably Spock. I can't tell. Uh, sitting next to Spock, we've got this amazing, beautiful, the only female on the ship tonight, Captain Ohura. 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 Captain Ohura. Hi, Captain Ohura. Hi, everybody. How you doing tonight? Good. Okay. You're going to be helping us with everything tonight? I'm trying. Okay. And finally, in the back studio, Pete, who's that other gentleman in the back? Amazing guy that Where helped that? create this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jordy. We have... Jordy. <laughs> in the very back, Mark Jeffries. Mark Jeffries. Mark Jeffries. Bassoon. BTL Live. Mark in the house. Mark, thank you for being here tonight. We're rocking it. Uh, where's your costume at? 
I didn't fit. Didn't fit. <laughs> okay. You got me a large. You can okay. still be Scotty. You can be the modern Scotty. I didn't. Oh yeah, Metro Scotty. <laughs> it was bad. It looked what like a. What are, what are those half shirts called? Oh, the half shirt. Yeah. Metro Scotty. All right. The medium. All right. Now we introduce everybody house. Man, we got. Hey, man, listen. I can't even. Look, look at all the notes on this thing. I can't even keep up with it. We got a super dynamic show, a lot of guests. Uh, I'm going to announce the guests real quick, and then I want to make a special presentation. Something amazing. Uh, something I really want to talk about a little bit. But l- listen to this. Here's what we got on the guest list tonight. You ready? Main guest coming up in about an hour, a little less than an hour, we have. Dave Mercer joining us, Dave folks. Mercer. Dave Mercer. Good guest. Our, our good friend out of Canada. The uh, voice of the Bassmasters. The voice of Bassmasters. And uh, he's got his own very dynamic show mm-hmm. uh, on uh, World Fishing Network. Uh, and then a little later, joining us, the recent winner of the EverStart event, or uh, FLW event, or Clear Lake. Uh, we've got... Who do we got, Fry? Aaron Britt. Aaron Legit Britt. Aaron Legit Britt coming on the show. It's going to be a good guest. going to be a great guest. West Coast type. Little West Coast flavor out there. Uh, dynamic show. Uh, but before we get into that, as always, let me start this show uh, by giving a special thank you to all the military. Man, a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. A lot of crazy stuff. Thank you, everybody in the military, active and veterans. Thank you for what you do. Uh, police, firemen, ambulance, EMT, all that. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you very much. Let's do this presentation. Let's do this presentation. Pete, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to model this, and I'm going to let you do the presentation. <laughs> we, got a, we had a really special deal. Of course, everybody knows Mike won the Delaware River Tournament and some, uh, some great local... I guess um, Kitchen Brewers put together a, a, a beer to to honor Mike for winning the Delaware River. This is a Delaware River IPA. I'd like to IPA. I don't I don't know if our guys are still here, but uh, if Scotty B and Dave, oh, there yeah! they are. Come on come in, on in guys. Come Scotty on, Scotty B and Dave. Come on in. Thank you very much, <laughs> guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for coming in, guys. No problem. <laughs> Man, I got to tell you, this is, uh, guys, this is, uh, this is amazing to me for a lot of reasons. We've we've had some gifts in this show. If you look around, there's some strange gifts. But this is the best damn gift I've ever been hand delivered to me. Uh, big, we're all big fans of beer here tonight. But uh, to be drinking this local brewed IPA, you guys are home brewers, right in Woodbury, New Jersey. Right in Woodbury, New Jersey. Uh, do, do you want to give these guys any information on you guys on, on how to find stuff, or you want to no, just? We're not. We're not commercial. Okay, no commercial yet. Beer drinkers and local fishermen. That okay. We're very appreciative of what you did on the Elite Series and how you represent Philadelphia. Us. Local guys, and man. Well, we it's great. We we appreciate it. This is uh, by far the most special gift we've ever received on the show. I, I'm I'm a little concerned after the show tonight. There's not going to be very many of that case left. <laughs> 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 I, I, I want to tell you, listen. If you're interested in this beer, I know it's not commercial yet, but send us a message on our IM. Uh, let us know, and uh, who knows? Stranger things have happened. This might be commercialized one day. So you never know. But uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, awesome Thank gift. You. Awesome gift to have on the ship tonight. Outstanding. That's awesome. I wasn't aware they allowed alcohol consumption on the ship. Well, the, on this ship, they. I'm the captain. Anything <laughs> could happen on this ship. You know what I mean? So. Starfleet regulations allows alcohol for special occasions. <laughs> <laughs> Spock, is that true? See, don't ask that Vulcan swine. <laughs> 
Man, I don't know. We've got a strange bunch on the show tonight. Uh, are you okay? Huh? <laughs> that was one hey, of those awkward well, claim hey, moments. Thanks so much for bringing the beers. No problem. Glad you and, enjoyed it. You know, this is, this is Scott and Dave, Scotty B, the greatest. Thank you. Well, not only beer maker, but uh, craftsman, but striper fisherman in the history of the Delaware River. Wow! For those of you that don't know. All thanks to Pete. Wow! <laughs> Couldn't do it without you, buddy. Uh, well, That's an amazing title. I appreciate you guys being in tonight. Uh, thanks for having us. Thank you, Thank you guys. Appreciate that very much. Man, that's awesome. What, what an awesome yeah, delicious. delicious beer. What an awesome delicious. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Blake. Good night, guys. Wow. So cool. So cool. I mean, we're... we're uh, uh, war. <laughs> I didn't know you were doing yes, Captain. <laughs> Worf, this is this show is getting more and more dynamic. I mean, look at this. This is this is changing what we're doing. This is people are bringing us real stuff now. That beer is outstanding. That guy does not. That, that is amazing. I mean, you know, been drinking crabs for about twelve years now, yep. and he does something that I'm not going to say. Cause it, it, this guy has a, a dynamic secret recipe that that beer is just phenomenal, man. That's unbelievable. And unbelievable. He can't sell it. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's the worst part about it. He can't sell. It. Well, this is a good time. I want to bring up something. Something else. This is a good time to do it. Hold on one second. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Spock, are you ready back there? <laughs> All right. Yes, Captain. Spock, I, I want you to help me out on this one. So here's what we're going to do. We normally do a Tackle Warehouse trivia question. Uh, Bones normally puts together an amazing question from the world of bass fishing. And, you know, most of the fans of the show are fishing fans. But because this is the Halloween special, because we're actually on the ship tonight, and this is Star Trek night, we're going to do Klingon trivia questions and here's how we're going to run it here's how we're going to run it if you can stump and and i want you i want everyone out there to im these questions in there but if you can stump wharf tonight on a klingon star trek question old star trek new star trek anything in between if you can stump wharf you're going to win the tackle warehouse trivia pack and it's awesome, right? Tackle Warehouse Trivia Pack. It's got a koozie, a gift card. What else is in there? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> a hat? Probably a lot of good Tackle There's Warehouse stuff. There's a hat in there? <laughs> we love Tackle Warehouse. We love Tackle Warehouse. But damn it, Jim. You didn't tell me that right. it wasn't my turn for the trivia questions Dude, week. Did you create one? I created another trivia. We might have two trivia questions tonight. Bones, it might have to wait. <laughs> uh, listen to me. This is war. It's all about Worf tonight. Look at this costume. If you have a Klingon question to stump Worf with, I am it in. And, and, and bro, I mean, uh, Spock. <laughs> how, do we, how, how do they I am stuff in here? Back, somebody answer that. I have no idea. What is I am? What does that mean, anyway? Instant message. Okay. I didn't know if you knew that. I was testing your uh, your trivia. I didn't know what was in the tackle warehouse kit. Who's a doctor, dude? It's right on. It's on the screen. It is on the screen. I'm not saying it. Okay. Listen, I am your questions in. All right. Let's let's keep going on. This is um, the part of the show I know you all have been waiting for, and it is hot topic. This is a very controversial part of the show. Uh, by the way, do you see all the, the ghoulish figures in the back? 
I mean, they're scary. Look at that one. Look at that one hanging off the tip of the fishing rod. Ah! That one's really scary. Um, <laughs> this is the part of the show that you're, you're all waiting for, and this is the hot topic. And this is brought to you by... Mark Jeffries from Bastone Live. He walked out of the room because he knew I was going to corner him on this. But this, you didn't know that. No, no, no. BTL, uh, uh, Bass Talk Live, Bass Zone, is the sponsor of this segment. And this is a really cool one. We've had some very controversial hot topics, and uh, tonight is no different. Let, let's be honest. Before we even, we even clue this video up, tonight's topic is, and I want you all to weigh in on this, is killing trash fish, right? It's the wanton waste, you know, you catch a pickerel, you catch a pike, you catch a muskie, you catch a bluegill, whatever it is, it's a, it's a garbage fish. You're bass fishing, you're fishing for trout, and you catch a junkfish, a bowfin, a snakehead, right? Uh, you know, you, you catch something that you're not fishing for that you think is a trash fish. Do you have the right to kill that fish? Do you kill it? Do you club it in the head? Ah, it's a stupid pike. Stab him with a scissors, cut his head off, boot him like a soccer ball. Do you do that? Is that okay to do that? Well, absolutely not. Okay. I mean, it's it, well, you dance on two issues there because you brought up a a fish that is supposed to be killed. Okay. A snakehead is an invasive species and we're going to kind of put that one on on that that's a different topic because that that's an invasive species we're actually supposed to keep and catch and you know do something with that fish to not release it back into the environment because it's uh it is invasive. The rest of the species, you know. Damn it, Jim! I'm a snakehead. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I, not a trout. <laughs> I hear, I hear people get all messed up. You know, we got to kill all the pike, the muskies. They're eating all the bait. They're eating the small bass. And you know, I just got to tell people to wake up. These fish have been living with bass and surviving together for millions of years. Natural ecosystem, it's right? Natural. There's a balance there. There's a balance that is that is taking place out there. Um, you know, guys get frustrated maybe that they feel the bass population it maybe isn't what it should be, and they're doing you know the ecosystem so, a favor by trying to kill these fish, but they're really not. So you're talking about this across the board, though, right? You're you're putting snakeheads in their own category, but everything else should be okay, right? Yeah. Well, it's illegal. Okay. I guess first and foremost to 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 kill a game fish for the for for the without without for the purpose of taking it home and eating it if you're just killing it for the purpose of eradicating that particular fish or species I mean that's taking the law in your own hands that's illegal I want to get a southern spin on this Captain Awesome you have junk fish down in the south too right correct what do you got white bass what do you got little stripers all kinds of stuff right many of the same species yes right, so we don't have the Snakehead in a lot of areas, but I heard they are good on the grill. By the way, what, what's the mentality down there? What's what's I agree with Pete 100. percent You know, it's it's illegal. But another thing I want to spin on this is there's guys who do that with bass that are overpopulating a body of water. Let's say you just have a ton and ton of little peckerheads. They'll kill throw them on the bank. Kill them the peckerheads. Try to is take. that okay? I don't think so. They're trying to take and control their own hands. What should be done by a state agency or nature itself? Klingon, Worf, you're a natural born killer. What do you? How do you feel on this topic? Now wait and, and be honest because you've been and you've been fishing around here enough. 
You got the South Jersey mentality. You know how the pickerel are pain in the butt. Kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That's what we thought. Oh. I'm going to break character, Captain. Okay. Break <laughs> <laughs> it's different. The snakehead discussion is separate from his point of bringing up where they have these bodies of water with tons of 8 and 10 inch fish that they that they call out they call out of the system so that the larger ones have a chance to get larger i mean that right. that is that is that is a management uh, system that people use yeah none of it applies to this what we're going to see in a little bit yeah. cuz what we're going to see in a little bit was just a deliberate killing of a fish killing because he just wasn't what he was targeting there was no there was no uh, bio, there was no biological or, or there was no like environmental reason for it there was no consumption reason for yep. it nor was there, was there an invasive reason for it it was just something that he did not want in the water wow I think I just oh, what was that I, I thought it was you was that a laser blast that went over our heads <laughs> uh, we want to hear from you too especially on uh, instant messaging uh, Rebecca we got a couple ways right that people can uh, can get a hold of us what do we got we've got well we've got the instant feedback talking to the mic please hello okay <laughs> uh there's the instant feedback. Yeah. If you do it right there on the screen, you can also go to Instagram, you can go to Facebook. I'll check any of them. How but do the you, quickest how, way. Yeah. Do it right there on the screen. How do they reach us on Facebook, by the way? Mike Iconelli. Mike underscore Iconelli. Mike underscore Iconelli. I think we're going through the Milky Ahora. Way. <laughs> wow. Or some kind of asteroid. Field Where are we flying through? Turn we are experiencing temporal disturbance. Battle uh, stations. Turn Rebecca's mic down. I mean, Ahura's mic down. Thank you. That's a lot better. All right, we want to hear from you, regardless of that galaxy we just went through. Uh, man, it's, I, I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right. I, I have been guilty over my years a couple times, but, you know, the new Mike, uh, Captain Kirk, thinks it's bad. It's, a, it's not a great deal. It's not, <laughs> it's not a good deal. All right. Uh, well, well, to me, it's about karma. It is about it's it is bad a, karma. It is. You're just killing for the purpose to kill, man. What it, about a snakehead? Come back to get I you. I think killing a snakehead is bad karma. Plus, it takes out of your day. You're fishing a big major tournament on the Potomac River, and you catch a seven-pound snakehead. I'm going to take five or ten minutes out of my tournament day to kill that thing? Hell no! Did you ever try to? No. Man, they are tough, tough, tough. Are they? I threw one. They, they say there's a couple ways that you can do it, right? Obviously, cl- the blunt on the head, which we're not, we're not prepared to do that. Sound effect? You know, we got uh, you can you can probably slice the gills, and that's probably the most efficient way to do it. But the the other uh, accepted method with a snakehead is what you're supposed to do is chuck them up on the bank. Just let them walk around? Yeah, well, they did. I tried a couple times. I threw, a, like, a 10-pounder up on the bank, and he walked right back into because the river. Because he was of Klingon origin. <laughs> they're, they're, they're tough fish. They're tough to eradicate. It's, they're, uh, they're from out of this world. Yeah. Spock. <laughs> Spock. Do we have the video queued we up for video, Hot Topic? We have the video. Let it play. <laughs> We're going to watch a video right here. Uh, Brian the Carpenter, a.k.a. Spock, has queued up a video. This is, uh, this is pretty amazing. Let's watch, let's watch this video right here. Let's take a moment and watch. This is, uh, this is exactly what we're talking about right here, assuming that this video is going to play. This is exactly what we're talking about. Here it goes. Keep your eye on this video. Watch this video. There's, there's, and there's really important parts of this video I want you to watch. By the way, the guy shooting this video, we're going to have on the phone hopefully here in a little bit. We've got him on the phone. Okay, watch this. 
Okay. I don't know what that says. All right. There you go. Look at this. By the way, this is all taking place at Lake St. Clair. What did you just kill? Mouth of the Detroit River. Don't tell me he just did that. We have a pause in the video. <laughs> yeah, let me go see. It's a Bondi swimbait there. That was a Bondi, John Bondi musky special, by the way. Shout out to John Bondi. So these guys are packing up to go confront what they just saw take place. Yeah. They saw someone take out a, a fish, musky and, a musky. Uh, he took one of his, his fish clubs. Watch this. Watch this. And he decided to smash it in the head and throw the musky back in the water. It's a good fish. A nice fish like this. He just smashed it in the head and killed it for no good reason whatsoever. Took a fish club and smashed it in the head and killed it. And then he said, oh, I'm sorry, joking around, laughing about it with his buddy over here. So we're just going to go talk to these fucking idiots. <laughs> this is a nice fish, too. Beep. Just to throw it on the musky bumper and give you an idea. A nice, healthy fish, you know, about 38 inches. Some loser just decided to kill it for no reason. Not good. Not good. Here's the conversation. Why'd you guys kill that fish? What's that? What the hell do you mean by that? I mean, it's a shit fish. It's in here eating all the fucking good fish. Okay, if you don't like it, why don't you release it? I did. No, you fucking clubbed it on the head. Okay, right. Exactly. Exactly, eh? Conservation officer. Yeah, what are you gonna do? All right. What? What the great? Do that. Smoking pot. You're just you're just clubbing fish because you don't. That's not your desired fish. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, right. I hope you run into a seagull. I hope you get a ticket. <laughs> I like that. I hope you run into seagull and get taken. And there, by the way, is the culprit. If everybody wants to get a look at him, oh, yeah, show his stupid face. Yeah, can you zoom in on his neck? No, you can't. Okay, that's all right. He has a lot of neck material there. Hey, <laughs> this is a great example of what we're talking about. Here you go. You got a couple guys, you know, uh, out there fishing. They see a guy catch a muskie, a nice muskie, an undersized muskie. Beat the thing on the head and let it float. They're out there walleye fishing or something. They they think it's junk. Is that right? Well, clearly, I don't think so. I think clearly anybody who watches this video is not going to think so. Um, you know, muskies play a role. I mean, they've been here forever. They've coexisted with the smallmouth forever. They're a necessary part of the ecosystem. And, uh, you know... I don't know the studies on it, but I, I bet you that there's a person that could argue that the, the muskie is a necessary animal to, to help for a healthy smallmouth population, to, to create a healthy yellow perch population. I mean, they're, they're checks and balances in nature. They're supposed to be there. they got to be there. And you're talking about, the other interesting thing is this is Lake Sinclair, the Detroit River, which is phenomenal. For lots of species, for all species, there's no way that the muskie are hurting 
the other the other game. There's fish. no way. There's, there's no. More, there's more smallmouth per acre there than anywhere, and that's what, of course we're after. But there's a ton of muskies. You want to be a muskie angler? You can go there. There's a lot of. Yeah. Uh, the bait fish populations are are obviously yep. huge They're to huge. be able to sustain all this fish life. Jim, you know, have on the phone. Somebody would take that into their own hands. I have no excuse. Hi, uh, Dane. How are you tonight? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, Mike Iaconelli here from Mike Live. Thanks for joining us tonight, man. We listen. We our hot topic tonight is dealing exactly with what you captured on video. Uh, we all sat here tonight and watched it, and we're just our jaws are on the ground. What What was it like? What was the experience like that day when when you saw that happen? Um, well, first of all, to start, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys are aware, but musky fishing is pretty huge on Lake St. Clair. Absolutely, we have one of the greatest musky fisheries in the world here, and. Uh, you know, I know I know a lot of musky fishers, and, and people respect the sport. And uh, in all my years of musky fishing, I've never seen someone take a musky and just kill it because they find it a nuisance fish, right? Um, so we were obviously musky fishing that day, um, and we seen the guy club a large fish, and and I thought it was a musky. I just didn't really want to believe it. So that's when yeah. we basically drove up to the fish and and seen that it was a musky, and we were you know just as shocked as almost everyone else. It's crazy. Um, it's crazy. The the footage is very compelling. I mean, it, it almost makes you sick to your stomach, you know. So uh, yeah, exactly. It, it's terrible. What? So what happened? We we got a good glimpse of you confronting him, and and hats off to you guys too. Yeah. By the way, that's bold. Move. That's that takes a lot of balls. Uh, we appreciate you doing that. What was the end result of this, Dane? I mean, did 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 he get? Did, did did the game warden come out, or what what ended up happening in this situation? Um, well, what happened was. After this all happened, I uh, I knew that I had a camera on my head. I knew I had the footage. I didn't call the game warden on the spot. I said, I'm going to put this on social media, and I'm going to let everyone else do the work for me, right? So sure enough, everyone shared the video enough, and I think it's at almost 200,000 views now, and, and everyone kind of put that obligation on our uh, Ministry of Natural Resources. Everyone kept messaging them, and, and they did an investigation. And the last I heard from the officer, he has spent a good amount of time on the case, and he says it's a lengthy process but they are going to attempt to lay some charges from what I hear. So um, I don't think they're going to let this one go. Well, I, I have a question for you. You know, uh, I admire your, you know, tenacity to be able to do that. You must uh, when that, <laughs> weren't you a little concerned about going up and confronting those guys like that? I mean, uh, that that was a bold step. That was a very, very bold thing to do. I'd be worried they, they might attack me or have a weapon or might try to club me on the head. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I was a little bit concerned after the whole thing, uh, getting them in, in, you know, a bit of trouble there. But you know what? I think it's worth it. Um, I think the whole payoff and, and whatnot is, is going to it's gonna pay off because after everyone sees this video, I think it's going to make people think twice next time just for killing fish like that, just for basically no reason. But um, overall, yeah, I mean, wasn't wasn't too concerned at the time. I was more frustrated, I guess. Yeah, it, it it was awesome that you did it. You know what you need, Dane? You need a damn Klingon in your boat like we have here on the studio tonight. I would not have the human emotion of fear like that Federation puke. <laughs> exactly. A, a good Klingon in your boat solves a lot of problems, you know. So, <laughs> Have the wardens identified this guy? Do they know who he is? Oh, yeah, he uh, he came right out, uh, I think, uh, after two days or so. 
um, when it was approaching 100,000 views, he got word of it, and he actually went to our, our local newspaper, the Windsor Star, and he made an apology video. Um, he wow. he said that he dropped the fish on the boat, and that's what that sound was, although you can obviously see him like holding the fish up. And, <laughs> yeah, it's, he, he made a couple excuses there and, and whatnot, but I mean... I don't really believe him. What, what, you know what I mean? Yeah. He captured it exactly the way it yeah. was. And he and told that, you exactly what his yeah. intent and, was. And I'll tell you what, that is... Uh, sh- shout out to GoPro. Shout out to yeah, the it. way guys are using cameras nowadays and social media. And that's, you know, that that's amazing. I mean, there's power now in carrying a GoPro and capturing what happens and, and showing the world. I mean, flashback 10 years ago, Pete, the same thing happened. Never would have spread like that. Even if it was on, you know, what did we have back then? VHS cassette or no, beta, as old as you are. But uh, Stock and I were up on Champlain on the New York wing by the train trestles, and we actually saw the reverse. We saw a guy um, with a, a salt water rod swinging like a three-and-a-half-pound smallmouth around like a, like a, like a merry-go-round, just trying to slap him off the hook in the water. Trying to kill the bass. Remember that, Spock? Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it go it goes always. It's not just musky. It's guys unwantingly killing fish that they consider junk, which is total bullshit to begin with. Well, I, that's a, and that's what I hope comes out of this and I, and I think it will is is educating the fishing public the importance of all these different species yeah. in our, in our ecosystem. I I I I hope and I think we all need to work together to use the result of what comes out of this case, you know, yeah. where you know the the Department of Environmental Resources for Michigan where whoever is in charge of this, you know, uses this as a tool to educate people in not only in that state but all over the country about uh, mudfish and musky and northern pike and and all those things that you know most people don't value very much yeah. because they don't they've never eaten them or they don't target them as a sport fish of some sort but yeah. uh, they all have a place in our ecosystem and I hope uh, we can work together to educate everybody about each of those species place yeah yeah awesome footage Dane we appreciate you joining us hey by the way why are we having a phone How's fishing? Are you guys still fishing up there? What's what's going on? Yeah, musky season's actually almost in its prime right now. Uh, nice. I think when the water drops about three, four more degrees, it's, it's going to be at its hottest point right now. But um, yeah, I, I live right on the on the river here, um, right where it meets Lake Saint Clair, Detroit River, and uh, people are already starting to come up from the states, like uh, down south, uh, Chicago. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. New York. People are coming from everywhere to to fish our uh, musky right now, so it's it's pretty good. I, I, I learned a little musky technique last time we were up at Lake St. Clair. I don't know if you know this. Throw a chatterbait. <laughs> we smashed the muskies on a chatterbait up there. Yeah, if you're, ba- the if you're bass fishing, you always catch musky. Yeah. If you're musky fishing, you always catch bass. It works the opposite way. What are the, what are the hot baits? What are the hot techniques to catch muskies this time of year? Um, well, a lot of people are throwing swim baits. Like uh, Shadzillas are pretty popular. Musky Innovation Bulldog. Um, Bondy's got a couple casting lures, John Bondy there. Um, we saw that in the video. Yeah. Yeah, his jigs, his jigs are, are pretty hot as well. They have been. They work really well. But other than that, I mean, uh, two baits as well. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Not, not really like where I fish. It's not a lot of trolling. It's mainly casting and jigging in the river here. Just at the mouth. Yeah, gotcha. Well, Dane, we appreciate you joining us, man. Great footage. Thank you very much from all of us in the room for what you did. That was awesome. And and hope to hear from you soon, man. Yep, thanks for having me. Thanks, Dane. Man. Wow. I tell you, that that was pretty awesome. Uh, 
Spock. Spock. Yes, Thank sir. you for digging up that video. <laughs> My pleasure, Tim. That was awesome. And, and, and it, it was a good topic. I mean, I think it brings good awareness to everybody to to settle down and not kill everything. Hey, by the way, uh, we've got some other stuff I want to talk about right here. And the one is... Can we get a can we get a zoom in here, Brian, real quick? Look at these socks I have on tonight. No. Look at this. We're not on you. Oh, you're not on me. Now we're on you. Show get me. that. Look at that. Look at that socks. And looks these, like your boat. Yeah, and these socks were a gift from James. Uh, James. James Riley. James Riley. James Riley, if you're watching, thank you for the socks. They match my boat. I appreciate it. They match my shoes. These are official Captain Kirk shoes from the 70s. Look I'm at that. Oh Little platform. We're going to put a goldfish in there later. I think they People were making your shoes. beer, making your girly socks. I mean, you're, you're big leagues, dude. I'm big. I got my hair parted to the side. What else do I need, man? This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Uh... We're going to do a very special thing next. We're going to move right into it. This is such a big, long, dynamic show. Uh, uh, Spock? Uh, Spock? Yes, Jim. Uh, do we have uh, Fat Cat coming uh, up in a little bit? or What do we got? We will. We, we will. will. Did, do we have any of the uh, uh, questions for Worf? Oh, do we have any Worf? Do we have any I am Worf questions? That's a good thing. God, yes, but hold on. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Ahura. They're so far back, i got to find them because I don't want, you know, to oh, get upset. I'm going to make sure I get to the first. Worf, are you ready for this? Right. Are you sure you're ready for this? There are a ton of them. Okay. okay. Hold on. Let's put a light on, too. This is more popular than any of you people understand. All right. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't have the benefit of a Google machine in my hand like you rats did that are going to pose these <laughs> questions to me. So, <laughs> like the uh, SS Drinker Prize. Did you prepare for this? Uh, I don't need war? to. You don't need to. I've been a Trekkie for about thirty years. Oh my lord! Except for uh, Voyager and Star Trek Enterprise with Scott Bakula as captain, that was horrible, and all oh Trekkies will agree that. So that was universally unaccepted. Spock. Duly noted. Spock. All right, so the first one we, we can't do. Thank you, Shannon from Canada, but I can't have him translate into English. You know what? I, I got nothing for you. But Austin says, what was Worf's son's name? Whoa! Austin, Austin says... take your Bush League question back to wherever you're from, Alexander. What was it? Alexander. Worf's son was from Alexander. His name, his name is Alexander. His name's Alexander. Yeah. But was the question, where is he from, or what was his name? His name. Oh, his name. Okay. Do you know where he's from, too? Do I have to Google that? You, you, no need to. You could, but I mean, it's like asking me one plus one. I mean, go ahead, Alexander. <laughs> First lead question. Be better than that. Worf well, knows we his start stuff. At the beginning. All right. All right. All right. More impressed. Worf knows his stuff, Not man. Really. This is his thing. All right. Worf knows three things. He knows MMA, bass fishing, and Star Trek, and that's it. All right. Nothing else. <laughs> That's about accurate. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing else. That's about accurate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I lie. Gardening, too. Gardening's a big one. Absolutely. Is there any more? A horror? Or? There's more. Okay. Okay. Logan says in the episode Miri, the Enterprise locates a planet that looks like a duplicate of Earth. What do they find on the surface? Do, do, do. do, do. Thinking. The only thing one. I have, the only thing I have was they found a 
coexisting Romulan and Klingon um, community where they were all refugees from when uh, Kittimer was uh, blown up by the Romulans. That's the only thing I could think of. I Good don't know. answer. I'd Good answer. That, but I don't know. Let's that was a great that. question. Uh, That's a great question. Yeah. Right, well, I guess, but I guess you got Alexander Wright. Well, I, I know that. So, I mean, that person won, right? Is that how that works? No, you got to stump me. This no, guy who's asking me about the question about the Earth-like planet. Stump him. Oh, oh, okay. What year was Alexander born? Oh, hey, what year was he born? Well, I, the question you just asked me, that guy gets it before the Alexander born guy. Oh. I, we, we need to take, need to move on. Well, during the break, during right, the break. Though. No, I may not have been right. I need, oh, I need to look that up. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we'll come back to work. Yeah, because that guy may have won. Hold on, let me shoot. I'm going to shoot this damn Klingon over here. I'm confusing the show. I'm confusing the show. I just, I just told you I don't know the answer to something. And then you asked me another question. Oh, you're right. You're right. There's the sound effect. Damn, sound effects always 10 seconds late. Freaking spot. Come on back there. All right. Half Vulcan. Here's something else interesting. You know, I've been here this whole time. You guys put the empty one in front of me. <laughs> Can I get a damn full beer? <laughs> God, Spock! Spock! I need a IPA. Oh, man. You, how are you doing, Captain Awesome? You okay? Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. Okay. Okay. We've got some new rule changes. We do. Let's talk a little bit about that. talk about that stuff? Yeah, let, let's change the topic and uh, let's go on. And this is this is actually kind of a hot topic too. Maybe this is hot topic part two. Is BASS Bass Angler Sportsman Society, or as my uncle says, BSSS, uh, <laughs> has made some major changes in the rules, and this affects all of us right here in the ship. Because of the intergalactic uh, planetary bass fishing league. bass fishing thing that we're doing here, uh, and, and so there's some big rule changes. Pete, let's talk about a few of them. T- talk about one of them well, that, that really is kind of groundbreaking. Well, uh, you know, to me, the 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 most groundbreaking rule is uh, is taking away the win and you're in to the classic out of the elites. Out of the elites. Yes. I mean. Um, I mean, hey, you know, I've been doing this a long time. Winning a tournament is the hardest thing in the world to do. It is it is so difficult to do that. There's very few anglers that can accomplish a win, even fewer that can accomplish multiple wins. And um man, to take that away, <laughs> to take that away from the elites, I I I personally disagree with it. I think I I think the win and you're into the classic is uh is a is a great thing because here's the thing about the classic is the only thing that matters about the classic is not getting there it's about winning it right right so right. you want to put the guys in there that can win yeah see there's there's different kinds of anglers there's anglers that are very very consistent and then there's anglers that maybe aren't so consistent but can hit home runs yep. our sport's always been about the home run hitter yeah. yeah and um you know the angler of the year race is great but guess what only matters if you win it yeah you know so yep. it's it's all about the wins <laughs> it's all it's all about winning i think the winner should be in okay so you think this decision was a bad one I you do. win, you're in, out of the elites, but still in the opens. Captain Awesome, how does the Southern contingency feel about this? I disagree with Pete. Oh, <laughs> on our ship. 
I want to see those. Let me. I just want to make sure nobody gets too rowdy. I want to see the guys that don't have bad tournaments in the classic. I want to see that group of truly elite guys that are just consistent throughout the whole year. And I think if you raise that caliber in that tournament, maybe it would be more exciting of an event and just really push everybody. I'm just saying you have less guys that kind of bomb out of it. There you go. That's a good point. Not at all. What? Not at all. You don't think so? <laughs> it's, well, no. It, it, I understand, but the you know raising the caliber, and no. Now the guys that are champions, the guys that get into that winner circle, it is so that they that is so hard to do, and it's not like they're. I mean, it, they've got to do it over a four day period, so it's not like they're lucking into anything. You know, these guys are. You know, so I don't know. It, it's a tough one because you know you're putting. What are you taking? Seven guys mm-hmm. out of the angler of the year standings, out of the bottom of the angler of the year standings, and you would be replacing them with tournament champions. I take the tournament champions. I think it's a better field of people that have the ability to win. I think it's a better, more challenging contest uh, to have the tournament champions in there. That's what I think. I think they got it totally wrong, Mike. I think that it should be points-based from the top to whatever the bottom number is. You're, no more opens in, no more win you're in. How did you do throughout the season? Be rewarded for your sacrifices, being away from home, away from your family, missing weddings, missing birthdays. Bottom to the top, elite only, classic. One spot only gets in, because I don't know how long it's been in existence, but the Federation champion gets in. That's so it. you want all elite guys in the classic, and only one other guy. Correct. From the it's an elite. Does the NFL allow some stinking Canadian team to come in and play in their playoffs? They don't. Careful, we got Canadians on tonight. And I have a Canadian question about something, but we'll go back to that. Um, I, ju- <laughs> I just think that I just think that you guys. I know what you sacrifice. I know what you miss. And I just don't think it's right for a guy who wins an open to be able to go fish in a, a championship event that he has no skin in. So no, what about college guys? Goodbye. Go fish something else. What about this buddy championship where they're letting a buddy guy get in this? Yeah, year? Ridiculous. It's 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 not truly a championship if you're allowing that to happen. They, you know, they don't have Bellator MMA has a, a tour, they have a tournament every year that leads up to the winner of that tournament getting a shot at the belt. They don't allow someone else in. I I I agree. I agree with you. I think personally that all classic contenders ought to come from the elites. Period. Just one Rocky to root for, and that's the Federation guy. That well, is it. I honestly don't think that that should be there. You know, I mean, you don't have... You, you, don't, you just said it yourself. You know, you don't, you don't have college teams playing for the Super Bowl. You know, you... I mean, I love the Federation. I think the Federation should, you know, be a training ground to to get to the elites. I think the winner of the Federation National ought to be given a year on the elites, as opposed to get a paid year on the elites. But one of the most amazing classic wins came from that. Came from that circuit. It, it, well, One of the best stories and fishing came from that circuit. We're getting ready to come up to the memorial too. Of mm-hmm. that, I think. It's coming up. Soon. It's a great story, you know. But you know, that's just the way I feel. I mean, I fished the highest levels for a long yes, time, did. and I, I it hurt when I was the first man out, which yeah. I have been a number of times on the top levels where I've just missed qualifications, and here comes the open guys and the federation guys competing while I'm doing this for a living. I'm yeah. providing for my family. Yeah. And um, and I missed it. They got it. 
And, uh, you know, so I don't want that. I think, you know, that's a personal thing. It hurt, but it's just, it's the way it is. It's the way it was. I knew what I was getting into when I signed up. But I'd love, I'd love to see our sport. I think our sport will take it to the next level when they make that commitment to, to the elites. Mike, any insight? Why? Why, why, the big, why the Big Ten? You mean the Big Ten of people coming in? The Big in Ten of people getting to come in and fish this, this, know, this they, championship event. I, I think their intentions are good. I think their intentions are to grow momentum and excitement for the sport in other places, which I get. The college guys, you know, it's great. That program has gotten huge in the last five years, ten years. It's awesome to see a whole new breed of young guys excited that they have a chance to make the classic through college. That's amazing, and I get that. Uh, uh, the buddy circuit, same thing. You know, weekend guys, get them excited. Get more weekend guys fishing to have a shot to make the classic. I understand it. I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I think that's one of the reasons they're doing it, is to build a sport, create excitement for the sport, and, and create dreams. You know, this sport is all about dreams for a lot of us. But I see what you go through. I see what you go through. And I, give, I go fish three Opens next year, and I get lucky, and I win one. Yeah. And I get to go fish in the same championship event that you did. Yeah. You have nine minutes to yourself a week. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, it, yeah. It's not a championship event. I, I hear you. And, and by the way, before we continue on this, we want to hear your feedback. Uh, as always, you can IM us right on the, on the Ike Live page, instant message us. Or go to Facebook, go to Mike underscore Iconelli. We want to hear what you have to say about all this. Mike, we're gonna, we have a, an audio issue, everyone else is new. Um, so I'm going to play a song here, we're going to change the chord out. Dave's going to dance. Dave's going to dance. Dave's going to dance and make funny faces. Okay. And we're going to play a song. Okay. Uh, we're we're going to have Dave dance. Okay. Is Dave that dude out there in, in the suit? <laughs> I don't hear any music. Are we supposed to be dancing or?
one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Needed a little break there. Uh, ah- Ahoya, what's her name? Ahoya. Ohura. Oh, Ohura. It's getting frisky. Ahua. We had to shoo her out of the spaceship for a second. Uh, l- let's jump back to what we were talking about. So we've got. We started with you when you're in gone out elites. We jump to a bigger topic, which is who deserves to be in the classic to begin with, which is a way bigger topic. Huge. Huge topic. Let's continue and shift to something else. Another rule change is they're finally, and who knows because it's not happened officially yet, but they're supposed to cut the field for the first time in the elites. Cut the field to, what is it, 100? Was it 110? 110. I don't know. That means... A lot of big-name guys that have been a part of this sport for a long time are out. Mm -hmm. A lot of big-name guys are potentially out. Is that right? 
Is that the right move? Not, to, not, not after the season ends. That should have been announced that going forward, you have this season to get your stuff together and make that number. It shouldn't have been they a number. Did. You're right, and they didn't pre-announce it, right? No, that's wrong. So all of a sudden, they just made this announcement, and there's about 20 guys that are now on the outside looking in that have been a part of the sport for a lot of years. That's a good point because you, you look at it from a business perspective, and if you're a if you're a guy dwelling, you're having a bum year. You're a, a veteran, just having a bum year, and you've got to go to places like the Delaware, way big expenses, big travel expenses, and you have no chance of making the classic. Thinking that you're going to be fishing, you know, you'll regroup, retool over the off season and come back at it next year, not knowing that you were going to get kicked to the curb. So you didn't invest the time. They had no idea. Money. They had no idea. They had no idea. Now they're sitting on, they're on the outside looking in. I agree yeah. that any rule change needs to be made at the beginning of the season. Especially something the like that. They need to know. I need to fight for this spot. Yeah. Not just have it ripped out from under them yeah. at a moment's notice. But is it right? The bigger picture of that now is it right that they're making the fields smaller? Should the elite fields be smaller? I, you know, man, we've been wrestling with this nonsense for forever. Well, I don't see the difference between a 150-man field and a 100-man field and a 75-man field. I mean, it's a giant number of guys. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, reducing it down to 100 or 75 guys, that's not going to really legitimately change anything. It's, if you're going to reduce it down to 25 guys, now you're changing the dynamic of it. But I'm not for that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I guys are going to connect, and I guess that's the reason why, the reason that I've always heard, right? Smaller fields, the, the, the spectator can connect better. With the anglers, right? right? That's the intention. Of the fans the can follow those guys and follow the sport better, right? But have, but have, but what's the legitimate number for that to work? Back when we were talking about it, man, back in the top 100 days, they were talking about getting it down to 25 guys. Right? Is that where they're headed? Yeah, I hope not. 25 guys. That's yeah. that's smaller field than Major League Vision. It's a tiny, <laughs> tiny field. But they want to get like NASCAR, you know. They want they want to get that. They want to get it down to just a. At least that's what they were talking about back then. What are they talking about now? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But I see no. Oh, well, the entry fifty thousand dollar entry fee. You know what I mean? Like that's all going to trans. That's all going to move forward. They're yeah. going to have to pay more to, to fish that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mark, Mark Jeffries. I know you're back there working like crazy. I'd like to get your opinion on this. I, I you're you're an outspoken guy. I want to hear. What's your opinion? Should the elite fields be smaller? Is what they're doing right? You know, it depends on you guys. It's it's your group. You, the guys, are out there spending the eighty grand a year on the Elite Series Ooh. side. Ouch. You guys need to decide. There needs to be a group put together. And if the number that, that you guys come up with is 100, so be it. It's been put forth to the people wow, and do it. And, but wait a minute, but wait a minute. Now you're, you're making the topic even bigger because what you're saying is the anglers as a group should have representation. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And we had this conversation today. That's what the PAA should do is represent the anglers. And, and we could get into an hour-long discussion about the PAA, and I know you don't want to do that. But plain and simple, you guys are the ones that are spending the money to try and earn a living fishing. The decision needs to be made based upon the people, based upon the anglers. Dude, the anglers are the sport. 
The anglers are the sport. The anglers are the sport. It's it, it should be the anglers' decision. I I couldn't agree with what Mark said. The anglers drive the whole model. Without the anglers, they have no platform the, to sell the sponsorship. You know, the problem here is the anglers are crazy. <laughs> the, it, you take you take a hundred anglers, and you. I, you take a hundred grown men of any walk of life and try to get them to agree on any one topic, it is impossible. You take a hundred anglers, professional anglers, try to get them to agree on anything, it is such a it's such a difficult it always has been. It's been such a yeah. difficult thing to accomplish. We've got superstars, which I'd put you in that category, the K V Ds, the Skeet Reese, you know, the you know, the longtime veterans. They're they're living in a different world than the rookie is. And they're, those two are living in a, in a completely different wor- world than the workman is that's, that's laboring to try to get his <laughs> classic or his wins. So everybody's coming at this angle from, from a different perspective. And, you know, to be able to make a, a decision to, you know, t- together has been hard. We need a unifying body. We need a unifying, yeah. powerful personalities that can, dr- that can draw this group together to make some really good, beneficial decisions you know, for the sport, for the for the pros, and for the tournament organizations, for everybody, and I, I hope that happens. I agree. I agree. It's uh, I, I think it's something that needs to happen. We, you know, you look at other professional sports, right? You look at football, baseball, basketball, those sports that have reached new levels, and they all have a, a, a group. Representing the interests of the anglers, players right? Associations. Players' association. Players' uh, association. We we got to have that. I, I think in order for professional fishing to get to the next level, we've got to have a, a group. We've got to have a group rep- representing these guys for sure. We have to. It's a must. Wharf, what do you think? Yeah, I'm not a big not a big union fan, so. I mean, you know, I'm a little skewed on that opinion. I'm not in your seat, so I, I, I could see what you're saying. If I was in your position, I, w- I would feel that we need that. But being an outsider like myself, I, I think unions create more problems than, than, than sometimes they, uh, right. they help. It's not a union! <laughs> <laughs> it's All right. not a union! All right, let's, uh, l- let's change the tempo of this a little bit now. We, we, I hear the phone ringing. Bri, uh, I mean, uh, Spock, uh, Spock, who do we have on the phone? I can't hear you. <laughs> Fat Cat Newton, Jim. Fat Cat Newton. We have him on the phone. I hope. Okay. Fat Cat Newton joining us. Fat Cat. Fat Cat's corner. How are you tonight? One second, one second, baby. Water, water, tree top tall, shaking this fishing game, cash by cash. Yes. Because all I do is catch big bass. One second, everybody. Good to hear from you, Fat Cat. Man, this is this is one of my funnest parts of the show because I love hearing from you. Listen to me. We're on the heels of this big holiday called Halloween. What do you have in store for Halloween? What what well, what? Uh, I- but see, I thought I was going to Skype, so I had my outfit. I was all ready. Um, first of all, what are you guys dressed as? 
Well, I don't. I'm looking over here at Pete. I don't know what the hell he is, but I'm Captain Kirk. Uh, we've got a wharf on the casting couch. We've got a Spock somewhere. We've got and a what is it? A hora. A hora. A hora in the back. A hua. Yeah, never, never heard of any of that. Um, I was gonna. I would have dressed like that, but um, I like girls. So I do, I do like uh, Chewbacca's outfit. That's pretty cool. But uh, hey man, you guys are talking about some stuff to where you're skipping over something. I think I'm fat cat getting serious for a second, but uh. Talking about cutting back the anglers and, you know, talking about a, a professional angler union and stuff like that. The main thing that dictates the big purses, the $150,000, the $500,000 classes and stuff like that are sponsors. Yeah. So you guys are going to have those big purses and those monies without sponsors, and sponsors aren't going to invest if you guys are doing a format where spectators don't watch. So at the end of the day, it's not about the angler. It's not about anything but the spectator. If we don't like what we're seeing, we're not going to buy if you're sponsored by you. Therefore, the sponsors aren't going to sponsor you. So you have to cater to the spectator, and all the rest comes later. I agree. It's like a domino effect, man. You, you got to... Absolutely. I agree. I agree. All right. So now we're on the topic of these formats and stuff like that. And if things don't change, Major League Fishing is going to take things over because it's like watching NFL Red Zone. It's boom, 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 nonstop action. Everybody loves Major League Fishing. That's that could be the new hotness. But uh, tournament format. Dude, what if we did tournaments to where it was doubles? All the, all the pros... But, you know, how it was back in the day when you were fishing John Boat Clubs, where you have two guys on the boat. They're pros. Not Buddy. an ultimate match where it's one versus the other front and back. Yeah. But you actually have two dudes we all know, and you got to feel as just say 20 boats, 40 anglers we all know. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah. I'd, your I'd, partner and your partner would be who? Uh, I, I would have to go for... Just, just because uh, I don't want to get shot with this laser thing, I'm going to go with Pete. I want my partner to be Pete sitting right next to me. Yeah, she said Aaron Martin's last time, so I got to. <laughs> well, if it, if it was a Cheech and Chong tournament, I'd want Aaron for sure. You know, <laughs> up in right, smoke. Look, my, my costume was going to be, man. This is what I was going to be wearing. I was going to be wearing Velcro shoes. I was going to be Velcro wearing shoes. Listen, hush it up. I'm trying to explain to me. Be quiet. You hear what I'm saying? Velcro <laughs> oh. <laughs> shoes. I got party socks. So I'm pulled up to my knees. I got short shorts on. Oh, biffle. Then I got a, a tight shirt. Then I have a vest full of patches. I've got a hat with a high-rise intake. Then I have a big, thick mustache. Anybody have any idea who I would be? Hmm. Magnum P.I. I would be every angler from the 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> if you go back and look at I swear to God, in 87 Classic, everybody's got a mustache, everybody's got a hat that's jacked up, everybody's got a shoes. I'd have, to, I'd have to agree with that, Pete. I think that look was was very fashionable in the 80s. Wait, is it 87? In fact, fat 87, cat, 87. You're a big fan of 87. I think a lot of that was lot going lot on in 87. happened in 87, man. 87. Right. It was a wonderful year, man. Yeah, I agree. Hey, I had something special happen to me in the 80s. It wasn't that good, but it was the situation <laughs> I had. I was thinking today, what am I going to talk to Ike about? So, I remember back in 87, that one time it happened to me, but with you, crazy question here, on the boat, you spend hours, hours, and hours, more than just about anybody on the water. So, when nature calls, you got to drop a deuce. you probably done this in some weird areas. <laughs> what? What's the craziest thing you ever had to wipe your butt with? Uh, oh,
Man, there's a lot. Of, I've I've got a lot of good ones. I'm going to give you. I'll give you two. I'm going to say um, elephant ear pad. It actually happened. Elephant <laughs> elephant ear pad. It's large, a lot of surface area, and it's surprisingly soft. Elephant ear. <laughs> uh, and then the second one. This is a more common technique used by a lot of guys. A sock. Uh, you know, you've probably been traveling out there before, and you see a one single sock flown by in the water. That was probably me taking a dump. That was yeah. that was my sock. Similar to me, if you see me on the water and you see me with only one sock on, you know I had a crappy morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Swindle carries baby wipes in his boat. This is haunted! What the hell's that echoing in here? Oh, what is man. that? Oh my god, I just got scared. Uh, Holy sh! Wow. Yeah, man, but uh, yeah, the whole sock thing was time in '87, man. This. Worf, the, do you have a crap story for us? Yeah, you know. I, I, I would, see you looking a bit, looking like no, you want to tell a crap I would story. Use, sometimes I would use uh, whatever underwear I was using wearing that day if it was a real bad one. Sometimes white I just with, wouldn't even wipe. I just wipe right with the actual you. underwear. Yeah. Well, what if you do it in the water? If your your actual your entire butt submerged. Do you, do you still have to wipe if your whole butt is actually ah, underwater? When you're hanging over the side of the boat, there's a whole... Uh, it, it comes out differently than it does normal. Like, you might, sometimes you don't even have to wipe. No, but right? I'm saying if, you, if your butt's actually submerged in the water. I don't do that. It's gross. Okay. See, I can't... I, I got to say, I'm uncomfortable with this line of question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, we did sort of happen to me. This, is, this, this might change your lives. Uh, 87, we were fishing. <laughs> Oh, Phil Melio Wilcox, we were fishing on the Potomac, and, uh, you know, I had a, a greasy sausage biscuit that morning, a Ooh. cup of coffee, and Ooh. we left on out, and next thing you know, it started knocking on the back door. So we had to pull up to the code, we pulled up, I think we were in, uh, right around Acapo, we got, we got up on the beach, and I got up there, and I thought I had to go, and I tried to go, but I was clogged up, and I had an ink pen on me, it's good, gross you up for a second, uh. I had an ink pen to try, to, I had to break it up to get it out of me. Oh. Well, I know. Oh. Well, I pulled the ink pen out, I forgot, I put it up cap first, and when I pulled the pen out, I didn't have a cap on the pen. Oh. Oh. So the cap on the pen was still up there, so. Contraband. Oh, it's crazier, it's crazier. <laughs> you know that trick when you get a hook stuck in your hand, and you take that braid <laughs> to pop it out of your hand? Well, my buddy Phil, Melio Wilcox, he was oh. real good at that. So I said, hey, man, I know I have a hook in my hand, but I got your back. Can you help me? Oh. So he pulled out the 65 pound cop, bro, got it up there, pop! I didn't feel it, he just popped it up there. I'm, uh, I'm chewing on that pen right now as I talk. Oh, God. oh man, that's I, I got to tell you, that's one of the nastier stories we've heard on the show. <laughs> but the funny thing about it is I liked it. Oh, that, that's not good. All right, man, so... Uh you guys, are you guys fine to the whole? I mean, we talked about that before. I don't know if I talk to you. I'll probably talk to somebody because I talk a lot about the uh, <laughs> SLW and no toes. No toes. That's another deal. Wow, yeah. Batcat, thanks for bringing that up. That is another yeah, big announcement. No coes on the last two days. So you still have coes on the first two days. Right. Is that what it is? First coes on the first two days, but the last two days, the cut days, no co-anglers. That's awesome. Aren't they doing something in the championship, too, where there's no coes? Is that a thing? 
I don't. I can't remember that, but I did see the no Are code. Are you making that up, Bones? <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> I was. I, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, you know, they're trying to. Uh, well, I don't think they're trying to copy bass. I think they're getting pressure from the anglers. I think the anglers. Um, well, hey, let's let's face facts, right? FLW pros are jumping over to Bassmasters. It ain't happening. It ain't happening the other way around. It's like so. when we were kids. Well, man, when I was a kid, like when you would, when it come to watching wrestling, everybody watched WWF, and when that wasn't on, you watched WCW. I don't know if that's a good analogy. Analogy. (laughs) (laughs) What? Superfly, Schnooker. I do the Superfly. Doing the steel. But no, it's kind of the way FOW is good. They got a lot of good things going. I fished a few Rayovacs. It's run well, but it just seems like when you go from FOW to to BASS, it's just it's a little different. And plus, I I don't know. It's uh, to watch on television. You got more personality, it seems like, when you watch Bass. As a spectator and a viewer, you know, you got the guys on there. It makes it more, I guess, you can get into it a whole lot better. Yeah. I'm, I'm ba- Bassmaster Bass owns the market. I mean, there's there's a lot more eyeballs watching it, a lot more fans. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to continue to be that way yeah. for the foreseeable I, future. I've said this before, and I'll say it again, though. The two circuits having multiple circuits out there is a good thing for the entire sport mm-hmm. because they're constantly uplifting each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's great. I think it's great as the sport grows to have two competing circuits letting themselves lift each other up higher. FLW did some amazing things for the sport of fishing. In, well, you know, from an angler perspective, increasing yeah. the payouts and making you know making the tournaments what they are today. That would have yes. never happened without FLW. Yes, and true. they do run an amazing tournament trail. I've competed on both, and I've I man, they they treat you uh, like gold over there at the FLW. Yep. They really take care of the people that that patronize them and compete in their tournament trails. Yeah, they do. They do. Fat Cat. Yeah, man, talk to me. What's going on? Are you kicking me out? I'm kicking you out. We've got, I want you to do me a favor, though. Stay listening because we've got some exciting things happening. We've got Dave Mercer coming on a little bit, which is going to be good. There you go. I have no idea. What was that sound effect? Dave's kitchen? What what the hell was that sound effect? Uh, and hey, hey, before you push me out the door, I just want to say a high five and fist bump to uh, Mike O'Neill. He's a FLW fisherman. He's been on the tour for a couple of years. He just picked up two title sponsors this year: uh, Babe's Boat Wash and Five by Three Fishing Apparel, which is. I don't know if you know anything about Five by Three and I'm there, but uh, it's a company. It's a new company, and it's just new. about you know about fishermen like me that work 40, 60 hours a week. And on the weekends, we're trying to catch us five fish by three o'clock. And uh, five by three fishing is awesome. I'm just see, glad to see those guys get on with a good guy like Michael Neal. And uh, that's my shameless plug for the day. We like it. We like it. Fat Cat Noon. Fat Cat Noon. Fat Cat Noon on Facebook. I've almost got 2,000 likes. Can you guys give me to a million likes? I'm going to give you a free pack of lures. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Man, that's a good deal. I like that. That sound effect's horrible, whatever that sound effect is. Fat Cat Newton, everybody. Thank you, Fat Cat. I bought it. Man, a free pack of lures if we help Fat Cat get to a million Facebook likes. My goodness. That's That sounds like a that's, good deal. That's stepping out. Gosh. One, one pack of lures? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Fat Cat always has some amazing insight to what's going on. It does. Uh, so, uh, hold on. Let me get my, uh, where's my walkie-talkie at here? Let me get this. 
Spock. It's a communicator. Spock. <laughs> he looks really pissed off back Spock's there tonight. <laughs> Ohora, what's going on with Spock? Am I on? You're not on either. Nobody's back on back there. I can't hear you, Ohora. Just yell really loud. Hi. Okay, I can hear you now. What do you got going on back there? Is there a fire going on? I have no idea. Okay. Nothing logical. Not logical. All right. A small fire back here, but There's everything's a, okay. Oh, it's not. Don't ever say. <laughs> no need to say, evacuate just yet. No. Don't ever say technical difficulties. You don't say, ever say that. Say small fire. Small fire. Small game. <laughs> Your <laughs> tape is coming off. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyebrows are. Can we get my, a shot of you back there? My sweating. Well, let's look at that. Let's at least get a shot of your face back there. Okay. Can we do that? Just, just my face. Zoom in on the eye, on the eyes. Look at look at the eyes. The whole thing. wow. Nice man alive. There What's was. going on? There's a horror too. A horror. Oh wait wait what? Oh there's Pete. <laughs> Who's that? Oh. <laughs> this is crazy stuff. So here's what I wanted to do. I I have no idea because I feel like there's a lot of stuff going on. But can we do can we do a crank call? <laughs> is the phone not working? <laughs> well, we had, how the hell do we have Fat Cat on if the phone wasn't oh, working? Jesus Let's just do a f- crank call. Call Bass Pro Shops and let's just wing it. Come on. All right. Because Dave Mercer is sponsored by Bass Pro Shops, so before we get Dave on, let's do a let's do a crank call. Uh, what do you think, Worf? Yes, Captain. <laughs> Bring more beer. I'm telling you, in our seat, it's impossible to listen to listen to Worf talk. I just can't. I can't get past it. Take you to the firearms department. <laughs> All right, what we're going to attempt to do here? Uh, Hello. To speak directly to oh. a customer service specialist. Yeah. Please press one. Press one, Spock. Enter our automated system for store information. Just press one. Press one, Spock. Gift card balance, or to get your reward points. <laughs> press one, Spock. <laughs> Menu. Please stay on the line. Uh, press one, Spock. Can you press one, Spock? <laughs> oh my God! Can you imagine how the actual starship would have run? We've been fucking crashing a, at a crater somewhere by now. He's supposed to be operating this helm. Is this shit or what? All right. My name is Brandy. How can I help you? Hi, Brandy. How you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thank you. I've got an order here. Uh, it's actually early Christmas, hon, for uh-huh. great nephew there in Michigan. Uh-huh. Uh, can I place an order with you directly? The computer uh- is very bad for me. With my, <laughs> I, it's just I don't get it. You know what I mean? I understand. I, and and we're we've still got a damn bag phone at the house, so I don't. I don't understand the whole thing, so... You're can, fine. Can I call you then? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, I can call you and place the order from the... for yes, the. Fi- okay. Can, do I have to redial, or can I ask no, you now? you can talk to me right now. Okay. We're trying to buy the, the lures for my nephew there in Michigan for early uh-huh. Christmas gifts. Could I order with you, or...? Yes, you can. Okay. I need and the... Yes, Okay, I'll just need to get your information first. Okay, kid, uh, is it possible to get Kevin Van Dam sent to Michigan or the crankbait? The, the crankbait? Yeah, the KVD, the guy, you know, the one that didn't make the classic this year? Yes. Um, let me see which ones we have. Um, did you find them online or? Yes. 
Okay. Do you know which ones they were? We have a lot. It's of the red. Uh, red. It's Kevin's killer. Red. Ke- uh, Kevin's beats quiet killer in red. The what? It's the same one he used on the Delaware River to zero, hun. Okay. Let's see. I. I have. Uh, that's okay. The item. Uh, item number. Yes, please. Okay. Five, 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 two, five, five, five. Stop that. Stop that. Hello? Hi. Hi, I'm sorry, hon. It was that. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, It's not coming up with the five, 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 two, five, five, five. Okay, it's a crankbait. It has a body and a bill. With two sets of trebles on it, hun. Okay. And it's red. J. It says JVD on it. Okay, let's see. Okay, hold. Uh, let me let me see. Can uh, my husband Worf help? Worf. I, I told you, get off the phone. Hello? Hello? Yeah, it's black. It's red. It's got hooks on it and it swims and it don't catch any fish. That's the one he wants to order. Do you have the name of it? Like yes, the yes. Yes. It's the level five. I'm sorry. It's that Mike Iaconelli kid. He's terrible. You said it's a level five? Yes. Serious. <laughs> Brown belt. <laughs> Serious <laughs> fun. Okay. That went far enough. I know. That was terrible. Yeah, that was about as bad as it gets. I'm sweating. I feel like Ed Bassmasters here. I'm so embarrassed. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Uh, did, did anybody explain it to her? Did no. We just went and uh, that's amazing. Listen, Kevin, we're sorry. Bass Pro Shops, we're sorry. Johnny Morris, we're sorry for harassing your customer service representative tonight. <laughs> this was very professional, in case you're wondering. That, yeah, uh, that, was, that, that whole thing just made me nervous. Uh, <laughs> that made me nervous. That made me very nervous. What did you think about that, Pete? Did you feel uncomfortable I, the entire I, time? I, I almost went to fill up my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that just made me uncomfortable. I don't know. I just feel like we needed a, 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 a game changer. There. Everybody knows you have to record phony phone calls. You can't I, do them live. I know. Well, well, we tried. We attempted. <laughs> it's tricky. It is tricky. It is tricky. Hopefully, hopefully nobody's watching and we won't get in trouble for that. I hope not. Why would we? Well, we've only got like five viewers live, so we're good. Seven. We're good. Uh, let, let's let's keep going. And uh, Bright, let, let's let's yeah, it's keep time going. To get, it's time to try to get Mercer. Let, let's get Dave on the phone. I'm going to have uh, Spock queue up Mercer, and and let's just before we get Dave on the phone, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Dave Mercer. Dave Mercer has brought, in my opinion, has brought a lot of life to Bass. I mean, that's, Pete, that's a tough job. That's a tough job because think about it. Emcene, Wharf, I want to get your take on this too, and, and uh, Captain Awesome. Emcene an event where you've got 3,000 dudes weighing in, right? That's a tough job to negotiate that and to keep energy going. 
for that many dudes. It's a tough thing. It's it's a hard job. I mean, uh, that's a long time. What is it, two, three hours to weigh in? At, at least. That a, many guys? Ahura, how long is a weigh-in? Ten hours? <laughs> it feels like. It, it feels like. Well, it's a, it's a long time, and it's, uh, you know, I loved when Ray Scott did it. You know, of course, he offended everybody, but he did it in a funny way. <laughs> he was dynamic. He was charismatic. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I started in the sport, I, I was so, it was so awesome. I mean, I walked across the stage and Ray Scott, you know, announced me and, and that was the coolest thing icon. in the world. Icon of the sport. He's, he was an icon. Yeah. No doubt about Watching it. Watching a generation character. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh. You know, boy, it's hard to fill those shoes, yeah. you know, and, and be that kind of dynamic and entertaining and, and, and bring entertainment to the crowd, but give respect to the anglers and and, uh, and do what Dave does. He, he does a great he job. He does a great job, and it's a tough job. It's a mm-hmm. tough job, and he does a great job. I, I, I feel like he's brought the sport to a new level from what he does. He, he does an amazing job. And how interesting is it going to be to have Dave here on the phone in a couple minutes to see... What we all see from different eyes. This is exciting, uh, and uh, and we had a hell of a season. So wait a minute, hold on. Let me get my Klingon thing on. Spock, do we have Dave on the phone? We have the pa- I didn't hear you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Powerful Dave Mercer on line one. We do. Uh, joining us uh, via uh, satellite phone uh, here on the SS Minnow, live <laughs> from somewhere in Canada, we have Dave Mercer. Dave Mercer, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Dave. It's, it's, it's good to be here. I just, I just finished shoveling snow up here in Canada. No, <laughs> it's on. not that cold up there already. No, it's not at all, but okay. it's a stereotype that most people think I live in an igloo up here. Can it's fine. I like it. Well, man, we are we're stoked to have you on. This has been a big build up to you, so you better be good on this show, Dave. I'm expecting a lot out of you. <laughs> Your expectations will be severely let down. Oh, <laughs> damn it! We we already have knuckleheads behind there named Brian the Carpenter messing this whole show up. So <laughs> we we got to pick it up somewhere. Yeah, I've got a great way for you to pick it up right now. I know right from the get go, and this works up 99.5 percent of the time. You, you see those beers that you were drinking earlier, or you're drinking right now? Yes. All you need to do is get a funnel. Oh! <laughs> this is the first ever Ike Live funnel. Wow. <laughs> Pete remembers that. That's going back to Pete's college days back in the, what was it, the late 50s when yeah. Pete went to college. That's <laughs> way, before, way before Woodstock. He used to do funnels, but they were wooden funnels back then. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're, they're not the plastic ones now. Let's jump into it, Dave. You know, a lot of excitement. We've already had a million IM questions and and, uh, leading up to this. The biggest one we're getting is what does it look like from your eyes? I think that's the biggest question. People want to know, you've got Probably the most amazing view of what transpires every week in the Bassmaster Trail. What what does it what does it mean? What does it look like from from your view? What what's going on in your head as all this madness is happening? Uh, you know, you know, one of the things that it really is the coolest view, and I'm very lucky to be able to do it. Um, and a lot of times, when I'll say, I'll say to guys, you know, you look what happened in Philadelphia, and one of the things. You know, you you got to spend more time up there than anybody, but still, you're busy when you're up there. I get downtime up there. You know, when you guys are holding up your fish, I'm always stepping off to the side, and I really get a chance to look out at the crowds, and it's incredible. It, you know, stop after stop, I'm always amazed at at 
the group of anglers that we have, you, you know, yourself, Kevin, Skeet, Swindle, you know, on and on and on. When you guys get together, you guys, there's something about that group of anglers that draws an incredible, incredible crowd. And the coolest thing is it seems like year after year the crowds keep getting bigger and bigger. And that, to me, is, is the most exciting thing. It, it, it's amazing. And, let, and let's just, that's a good segue point to talk about the Delaware. And uh, it, it was neat, Dave. It, the, the irony of this is today... For the first time, and, and Worf doesn't even know this. Worf is looking at me like I'm crazy. Uh, today, for the first time, I got to go back to Penn's Landing. And, and I sat there. I sat it, it, on the concrete bleachers of Penn's Landing. It was empty. There was no one there. Just kind of reflecting on what happened there. What, what the hell happened there, Dave? <laughs> what the hell was that? What was that? A dream. It was incredible. I mean, that that I kind of a little weirdo when I grew up. You know, I always I watched a lot of wrestling and stuff, and I kind of kind of wanted to work in in wrestling somehow, like as the the brat manager that would just get people mad and get people cheering or yelling. And I kind of felt like that for a few days. I mean, that culmination with everything that you did there, and then that group of people and that hungry group of people that wanted to see a tournament so bad. Yeah, it, it was incredible. It, it was. I've done, I think, five classics now, and I've also done some really big crowds for Toyota Texas Pass Classic, and I can tell you that was not the biggest crowd I've ever been in front of, but that was by far the most powerful crowd that I've ever been in front of. It, it was I- incredible. I, I mean... A lot, lot of energy. A lot of energy. Pete, I mean, the energy there was real. Like, you could cut it with a knife. It was so thick. I mean, it was this weird, tangible energy that came from those crazy people that showed up. It, it was It was pretty awesome. Awesome and Dave, it's Pete. Great, great to have you on the show. But uh, it was an amazing. Uh, we didn't know what we were going to get. No, right? We the were folks, scared. A lot of guys were scared. In fact, folks at Bass, me, everybody in the committee, we were like, "Oh my goodness, we're going to get a good crowd, a big crowd. Uh, you know what's what's going to happen here? It's the first time it ever came to Philadelphia, and uh, and they showed up, and they showed up with an enthusiasm that was unmatched. And I, I got to say, Dave, you had a tremendous role in. And, and bringing that out of the crowd and 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 caring yeah. for that crowd and, for sure. and and introducing the anglers to that kind of excitement you it, it seemed as if you were you were ready for something like that it was it was really it was a job well done i i was really amazed watching you handle that crowd it was awesome did well, a good job. I, I appreciate all the kudos, but to be honest, I mean that that crowd did everything. You know, it, it, it's I really, you know, you guys gave me some accolades before I came on here, and, and hey, you can say nice stuff about me all you want. I mean, I'm never going to tell you to stop it. But, <laughs> um, Don't worry, we have Warf here. He's going to get on the mic. Yeah, here I'm, I'm going to stroke you in a minute, Dave. <laughs> I'm looking forward to him because we share similar hairlines. So <laughs> um, kind of kind of got a little bit of a Trip Weldon vibe going. Absolutely. If, yeah. if Trip would grow a little taller and get a goatee, I mean, he would be warm. It looks a lot. <laughs> the wrinkles are matching for sure. <laughs> but, but honestly, guys, I really do have the, in my opinion, the easiest job in the world. I mean, I work with the most polished, most professional anglers that there is out there, um, and the great, greatest support, you know, greatest team that I work with. You know, the, all the event staff at Bass that puts it all together. So it really, I mean, it's very easy. And and honestly, a crowd like we had in Philadelphia, it just gets. I mean, I really, I, I want to put a 
open invitation right now that, that anybody that travels from Philadelphia that was in that crowd contact me. I'm going to get you front row tickets to the classic. Okay, we'll get you. We, yeah. need, we need that energy. We need to bring that energy everywhere. We need the Rod Father. Back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Can we track the Rod Father down? Awesome name. Spock, is that I, I possible? I think you just did. Just by just by mentioning his name, you've tracked him down. I can get yeah. you right now. Oh shit! He's knocking on the door, Dave. <laughs> they can get the gun back. Now, Dave, you know what? You're very humble, but what you did on the final day. You figured out in, in three or four days how to get the crowd completely raucous, and all you had to do was just bring up the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> That's all he had to do, and I, I was in it. It changed the vibe nearly immediately, man. Yeah, and by the way, Dave, if I didn't win that event, I was looking to you to be my bodyguard to get out of there alive, just to let you know. You would have been a human shield for me. So, If, if, if you didn't win your event, if that event, uh, as I just called it, your event. <laughs> Conspiracy. Uh, you did not win that event. I don't think you would be the one that needed the bodyguard. It would be whoever beat you. I swear to you. <laughs> I mean, literally, if, if if you had lost, I mean, I probably it would have been the first time I announced the winner's name as I leapt off the stage. The mic would hit the t- hit the hit the stage and make the squealing sound like in wrestling. It, 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 it would have been a little scary. Uh, that might have happened. That might have happened. Let's let's switch topics here. And I I, I want to ask you about something because I'm sitting next to Pete and we experienced this early on. So I want to bring it up. So you know. Hey, the bottom line is, you know, you're geographically different. You're a different person. Me and Pete were different. When we first started, we're from the Northeast. We felt a little outcasted when we first came on the scene. It, it, was that not, not there, Pete? You know, I, and I'm, I don't want to say it was super prominent, but we were guys from the Northeast. We were different. There was a little bit of unacceptance from their traditional Southern base. Is that correct? A little bit. Yeah. I, Admit I, it. I, I would have to agree that, you know, there was very few people from the Northeast that have been successful in this sport at all. And, uh, you know, it was Southern dominated. There's no question the fan base was Southern dominated. And, uh, and yeah, it, it, no doubt it was hard to break it was in. Hard. So, so I want to spin it to you. So how, how was it? You're a Canadian guy, all of a sudden, uh, grabbing the reins, the helm of this job over a southern sport. How was those first couple of years? Because I know, I, I, I looked at you in amazement at handling all that pressure. Did you ever feel that? Did you ever feel like it was a tough battle to, to gain a foothold in, in what's a southern sport? Um, I, I, I got to be honest. I mean, most people were very welcoming, uh, and I'm sure that's the politically correct answer. But I mean, there was some there were some people who made me go through my paces, you know. And, and, <laughs> and, and I mean, I guess that's part of it, you know. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I looked at it as much as it's a north and a south thing. I looked at it more as because I'll tell you, I'm from the deep south. I mean, I'm from one of the most southerly points of Canada that you can. <laughs> but 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 I mean, I did not really feel it was that. I felt it was like in this sport, at any level, whether it be on the TV show end of things, the tournament end of things, there is definitely a perception that you have to earn your stripes. Yeah. Um, and there's okay, you know, you hear even with rookies in the elite series, you know, a guy wins and you'll say, okay, well, let's see what he does in the next few years, you know. There's, there's, 
there is definitely uh, earning your stripes, period. And and there were some people who who made me earn my stripes, and I don't hold it against them. It's just kind of how how it is. And there's a dude who's starting a job at a factory tomorrow morning in every city in the world that's probably going to go through the same thing. So yeah. um, I'm not going to boohoo about earning my stripes with you know, <laughs> the, the greatest fishing announcing job there is. I yeah. mean, literally, I, I've made this you know comparison all the time, but I'll look at MC Bass for Bass. You know, it's the equivalent of a stand-up comic getting a job as you know, they've taken over the Tonight Show, basically. I mean, yeah. it's, there's no bigger stage. It's yeah. incredible. It's, it's, a, it's a great stage. So let's, uh, outside the Delaware River, you know, another big, we're getting a lot of instant uh, messaging questions here. Another big question is, what other events last year, in 14, what other moments stood out to you were, as big moments, you know, changing moments or, or moments that really stood out? Uh, obviously, obviously, Delaware was the, was was the biggest. Um, but I mean, we started off the classic was was pretty incredible. I mean, that, that classic, that crowd, it take off the energy yeah. that was there, and that always amazes me. You know, not that we just get thousands of people to come out to watch you guys weigh in fish, but if you really think of the people that show up for takeoff, I mean, we drag our butts out of bed at some ungodly hour, make our way to whatever convenience store, fill our body full of whatever energy drink you drink, whatever it is, coffee, Red Bull, whatever it is, and then go, and all these people show up to literally watch you guys idle away from the dock. <laughs> I mean, if people, you know, I'll say on stage, it's like getting inside NASCAR's um, pits and stuff, but really it's not because when you're in the pits I mean you get to see them take off literally they don't even see you guys go fast I mean you I announce you you idle away from the dock yeah. you wave your hands and that's all they really get to see maybe a quick interview but that's pretty cool the, the, you know the experience and so so we started the classic I mean that was that was a that was a big one yeah. um, one of the cool things that, that happened this year um, and, and it happened at, at the final event of the year and, and it wasn't a big crowd story but it was one of the things that I thought was really cool and very unique. I mean, obviously, the, the Angler of the Year event was extended on to Monday, um, and you know, obviously, not the big giant crowd like like we would have loved to have at that event. Oh, they had at least ten people in the audience. I thought it was a pretty good crowd. The dozens of people went nuts. <laughs> um, but but one of the cool things that really happened there was when Hackney won that title I, because a lot of the anglers were not. Uh, kind of mobbed by people like you guys normally would be if we were in Philadelphia or one of the big venues with a big crowd. It was really cool to have all the anglers. Most of you guys were like standing in the front row or off to the side, and there was just a moment of, you know, while it fell short with the crowd, I think it was just something really cool. It was a very cool vibe to stand yeah. up there and watch and be like, Wow, it's just the ultimate, you know, honor for for all you guys to be standing there, you know, showing him the respect for the incredible season that he had. He he had an amazing season, and that was uh, AOI. You know, we we've said it before on the show, and uh, we'll say it again. That's one of the hardest titles to win. It's probably one of the most important, I, I think, in this sport. You know, I mean, classic is a tough one, and uh, and and uh, an elite win, an open win, any win at the bass level is tough. But AOI, that's that's a that's a that's something you fish your whole life to do, and it's tough. It's tough. Look every year at the, at the person that gets second or third for it, and then look at their seasons. 
You know, when you really go back and you look, just look at their season, don't don't look at the end points, just look at first event, second event. And when you see where they're placing, you're like, well, and this dude didn't win? Are you kidding me? Like, it, it, it's incredibly tough to win. And, and it's, 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 you know, I think in the angler's eyes, it's the ultimate honor. I mean, the classic gets a lot of accolades, but angler of the year, you know, you're, you're the best. It's, it's an awesome title. It's an awesome title. By the way, let me remind everybody that we've got Dave Mercer on the line. If you want to ask more questions, go to our IM uh, link right there on the page or go to my Facebook. It's Mike underscore Iconelli. Let's ask Dave questions. Come on. We're going to give you some hard ones, Dave. There's going to be some weird ones that pop up. You don't mind answering some weird questions, do you? I, I got a question. Oh, wait, wait. Worf has a question. This has got to be a weird one. Hey, Dave. Uh, Worf here. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Not bad, Worf. What up with you? Nothing much, my friend. Listen, uh, growing up, I was a huge wrestling fan also. I what, can tell. What manager? Oh, yeah. Come on now. You want to start throwing insults? Listen. <laughs> what manager was your inspiration? If you had one, what manager was your guy when you were a kid growing up? I'm going to go for I'm, I'm going to go for a, um, uh, a mixture. I mean, it's got to be Captain Lou Albano with the mouth of uh, the mouth of the South, of course, Jimmy Hart. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going classy Freddie Blassie all the way. And there's no mixture. It's just him. And then, then the rest all go behind him with his Liberace suits. Come on. He is strong. He is strong. But, I mean, I wouldn't mind a little side dish of the Slickster himself. In there. Yeah. Slickster? Yeah. Because the, manager, wow. the managers nowadays do not have, they don't hold a candle to the ones we grew up with. That's true. Very true. Because I'm just starting to get back into this because my son's starting to watch it, and it's it's bad. <laughs> it's hard to watch. And just to let you know, Dave, uh, this is coming from a guy that was actually at the Cindy Lauper concert when it came to <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Warf. Now I understand why he's wearing the mask. <laughs> <laughs> he's just going to neuter me. Now what do I say? Now I can't, I can't respond to that. Ah, uh, uh, sorry, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Dave, let's. Here's the other one we've got. I want to talk a little bit about it because listen to me, I, and, and I'm serious. Uh, I, I don't get to watch a lot of fishing TV on, but i got to tell you, your show is freaking awesome, man. I, I, I love it. Talk to me a little bit about your show, how long you've been doing it, what, what does that show mean to you? Because it's, it's fun to watch, man. Uh, you know, our show, is, I guess we're going into our ninth season. Wow. Uh, we're shooting right now. Uh, hard to believe. Actually, I remember when I started, I was like, I'm going to do this for 10 years, and I'm not going to be one of those guys who's hosting a show for 25 years. Well, I'm nine years in, I don't have an exit plan, so I don't think I'm getting out there. <laughs> but uh, it, 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 I love doing it, and, and basically we show it like it is, and, and pretty proud to do that. You know, we have an actual cast count, so you see how many casts I make, what I catch, what I don't catch um quite often what i don't catch um but what i'm most proud of with our show is we really spend a lot of extra time um in just the visuals and what it looks like. And there's a reason yeah. for that. It's not just, you know, a lot of people will say, well, why are you making your show look like that? And ultimately, outside of this being an actual business for all of us, ultimately, we all want the same thing, and that's to grow the sport of fishing. Yeah. And if I ask you why you fish or what, you know, what, what you're into, no matter what you fish for, you've got so many reasons outside of actually physically catching the fish. And a lot of those is visually what you see while you're out there, that feeling you get from being in the outdoors. So one of my biggest pet peeves is there's a lot of crappy fishing shows. I mean, there's some great ones, but there's some really bad. There's some really bad ones. <laughs> and, 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 and we're the only industry that supports mediocrity. I mean, we're the only industry out yeah. there. That, I mean, you may not like a particular golf show um, because you don't like the host or you don't like 
the style of it. But you'll never look at it and say, wow, that's really badly put together. And one of the terms you hear people say is people refer to this as a bubble sport or whatever. And I think one of the ways we get away from that is by investing in the TV shows that are out there and making them good quality shows. So people stop watching crappy shows. Yeah. Unless, of course, you think my show's crappy, then keep watching it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a lot of, yeah, I, I think that needs to change. I mean, we, we, we talk about that a lot on the show is the industry has operated at status quo for a long time. It seems like for some reason, sport fishing and the fishing industry is like always five years behind mainstream America, doesn't it? Yeah. What is that, man? We, we, you know, we need more of what you're doing, Dave. We need more new, modern, high energy, high paced fishing shows. Don't you agree? I agree, and I think we're getting there. I mean, I think there's a lot of great stuff happening out there. It's and and I don't want people to think that I'm totally slamming on all of the shows from the past because some of those shows have done some incredible stuff. I just think that as an industry, you look at us, and I can't guarantee that if you if somebody said to me, "Hey, I'm interested to get into fishing," and they say, "If I watch a fishing show on Saturday, will, will that give me a good idea?" and I can't guarantee that. That will give you a good idea, you know. Yeah. There are certain ones that I could say, watch it, sure, you'll, you'll be excited and you'll see what it's really all about. But there's a lot that isn't. But yeah. uh, I, I wow. think it's changed. I think there's a lot of cool stuff that's, that's happening out there. A lot of cool stuff happening online as well. Yeah, for sure. Like <laughs> this show. Absolutely. One of my favorites. It's a great show because we have no idea what the hell we're doing. <laughs> and people like that. We're, we're probably not even broadcasting. <laughs> we're probably not. This isn't really even live right now, Dave. This is just all a joke. Oh, wait wait a minute. Hold on a second. Let me get my little thing out. Ahura, do you have I am for us? Ahura. Hi, Dave. we got lots of questions for you. Speak up. Can't hear you. Did you turn me on? Okay, you're on. <laughs> Hi, Dave. All right, we got lots of questions for you, Dave. The first is, are you in costume? Oh, are you in costume? I, 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 I could not hear the question. What is the question? The question is, uh, of course you can't because Brian the Carpenter's back there. <laughs> the question was, we had an IM question come through that said, are you in costume right now as we're speaking? Am I ever not in costume? Or <laughs> actually, yeah, they they right assume that you're I a bore. Uh, I am in costume. Uh, I, I don't know if I should say what I'm dressed as. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm actually dressed as a Wookiee, which is a Star Wars character, and I don't want to start a war with you guys. <laughs> we'll send Captain Awesome after you, man. He's got a phaser. Phaser. <laughs> All right. So apparently. Chris wants to uh, have you tell the story of Lake Skogog, a bucket story. Does this sound familiar, Dave? Do you even want to tell the story? Lake, okay, so, Dave, you didn't hear that, right? I did not. Okay, so there's something going on there. Okay, so I'm going to relay it all. So, somebody wants to know the story of Lake Skogog. A bucket story. Do you, a bucket story from Lake Skogog. The name is Lake Skogog. Skogog, Skogog, yes. Yes, it means Lake of Many Winds, according to an old Indian wise tale, but most Indian named lakes mean Lake of Many Winds. 
Uh, do you really want to hear this story? It's kind of long. Uh, when, give us, yeah, uh, we want to hear it. Give us oh. the uh, kind of semi-edited version, but we oh, do okay. want to hear it. Well, yeah. ba- basically, and it, and it matches into some of the stuff you guys were talking about earlier in the show, let's go back in, in, in the poop file, basically. <laughs> it's, it's, no. it's a story about taking <laughs> crap on the water. And, and basically, you know, we've all had our situations. I mean, you fish enough, and, that, and that's going to happen. But basically, long story short, I get out there, and I'm pre-fishing for a tournament. Lake Scooby is a shallow, muddy lake, um, about to get a lot more muddy. Um, but this shallow, muddy lake, and I'm way, way back in, in, in this flat that you cannot start your big motor up. And I need to go to the restroom, and I, I don't need to do number one. <laughs> I need to do number two. And, and, oh. and I've never been, you know, there's some guys that, you know, they'll just lean off the side of the boat. I've never been that guy. I'm a little top-heavy. You know, it's never <laughs> cool to tump, roll over, and land in a puddle of your own poop. I don't care who you are. And so I've always wanted to avoid that, so I've never done that. I always run to Marina or wherever when I need to take care of number two. <laughs> but I was in a situation where I, I can't take care of it. But I remember. I read in Reader's Digest to sit down on a hard surface and it will go away. And and lo and behold, <laughs> I sat down on a hard surface, it went away. Whew. I was wow. good to go. Good I didn't to go. know that. No, you, you keep that little in your back pocket. What, what was the hard surface? A hard surface. It just sat on the front deck of the boat, just sat there for a second, and you felt it go away. I was huh. like, okay, we're good. Got back up, <laughs> fished for about 10 to 12 minutes. But then it came back. <laughs> and this time it was pissed. <laughs> this time there was no control. Uh, I mean, I had a situation that I was once in control of. Now it was in control of me. So I was going to poop, and I was going to poop right now, <laughs> whether I liked it or not. Uh, I mean, and I stood up there in the front deck, and I, I did the poop my pants dance, you know, where you're bouncing back and forth, and I'm looking, I'm, where am I going to poop? And at that point, I was running a, in this particular time, I was running an aluminum kind of walleye bass boat type thing, that, and I looked back at the back deck of the boat, and I'm like, where am I going to poop? And then it glowed to me like, like a glowing beacon. Whoa! The middle bucket. There it is back there. So I make my way to the back and I go to the middle bucket and I sit down and I take care of business. Be, you know, basically it's, it's like a scene from Dumb and Dumber. Uh, I mean, it's, I don't want to repeat it like a flock of swallows, basically. It was ridiculous. And I'm all good. So then I, you know, clean up and sit up. But now I've got this middle bucket full of. <laughs> Brown sharks. <laughs> brown bait. It was horrible. So, and I don't believe in littering, but in this situation, it called for whatever situation. So I picked up the minnow bucket. Now remember, this is like a yellow, got a you know handle on the top of it, like a like a five gallon bucket, maybe half the size. I lift this up and I throw it into the water, and it, it floats away, basically. And and I'm done. I'm fishing away. An hour and a half passed, and I'm still back there, you know, slowly picking apart the slop, and I hear this, and I'm like, what in the heck is that? And I'm like, what the hell is that? I look up there, and there's these little guys, two guys in like a tin can, like a 9.9 tiller motor on the back, and they're going along. And I hear, you know when you can hear people yelling on the water, but you're not sure what they're yelling? Yeah. So I hear, it's kind of like Charlie Brown's teacher. And I'm like, what are the guys, what are they yelling at? And then I can see out of the corner of my, you know, I see as I'm sitting there looking, the one guy's actually in the front deck of the boat, yelling at his buddy in the back deck, telling him to turn, 
and they're heading directly towards the yellow floating minnow bucket. Ooh. So I did what any other <laughs> like-minded, you know, normal person would do, and I sat down and I watched. <laughs> oh, too far to change things. I couldn't, you know. Well, who am I to stand in the way? And I reached, <laughs> and I, I saw the one dude reach over over the front deck. He grabbed that minnow bucket with both his hands. He lifted up, and I heard, "Holy shit!" <laughs> I mean, the birds knocked off of the trees. It was crazy. But basically, don't ever pick up anybody's minnow bucket. That's a great good <laughs> story. That's a good story, and it's a great life lesson. Yeah. <laughs> don't pick up anything. Don't eat yellow snow, and don't pick up yellow minnow buckets floating. It's simple. Do not. It's simple. It's simple. Well, that's a great story. I'm glad you told this story. It's a great story. Now, here's a good one for you. And, Worf, hold that up again so I can read this. We actually had, like, it lit up. And I want to say, like, there was, like, 20 of the same question. So this is an important one. And they all basically, they, they were asked in a little bit different ways, but they all basically said, what do you think of uh, Jason Harper from FLW? I think the FLW does a great job. Uh, I mean, I think, I think, Are you avoiding something here, Dave? What do you think no, of Jason? I'm not <laughs> I think they do a great job. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know if you guys had gotten a fist fight or there no, was like an no. elevator incident. I or... never met him. Like, I mean, face okay, to face. okay. No, hmm. is there something I should know? I don't know. It's <laughs> the weirdest thing. Is he trying to hit me up on that Tinder or something? I hear that's what all the kids are doing nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> he might be sending you a naked Snapchat right now. You better check your account. I don't know. I don't, I don't understand Snapchat. I can't read it fast enough. People send me stuff and I start, and I'm like, son of a bitch. I get a half a message. Yeah, it's like, what? What just happened? What just happened to me? <laughs> Spirit went through my body. I just, I can't believe it. Hey, why I'm looking at them, I'm looking here at the uh, Chicago Blackhawks jersey that's sitting in the studio. Tell me a little bit about what happened with you on a show. You had some kind of cup in your boat. What was that cup that you drove around? around for a day. Yeah, doing that show with Bickle really was <laughs> incredible. And it, it, I'll tell you a story. I mean, obviously, we did this show with the Stanley Cup, which is a pretty incredible, especially yeah. for a dude from Canada. That's for, cool. Dude from anywhere. But That's cool. It, for someone from Canada. But the, the, the story of it really was funny how it came together. I mean, Bickle... A great dude, an incredible angler, not just not just a hockey player, but an incredible angler. He can um, fish. He can really fish. He really can, and, and he's a good dude, and, and, and we've known each other for a number of years, actually met, you know, through Twitter, realized we didn't live far from each other, went fishing, whatever, and but basically we were out fun fishing one day, and, it, you know, it was before, you know, two seasons ago, and we're out fishing, and, and something came up on my show, and he says, well, why don't you have me on your show? And I'm like... Just joking, I'm like, well, dude, you need to bring something to my show. I mean, you know, just because just you're a hockey player, you don't get to go on my show. I mean, I want you to win the Stanley Cup. And he says, well, I've already won the Stanley Cup. And I said, no, 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 no. I need you to win it and bring the Stanley Cup to my show. And uh, it was an ongoing joke. Well, their season <laughs> progressed. And they, they're winning. And, and as they went through round after round in the playoffs, you know, we're texting back and forth. And I'm like, dude. You might actually get on facts of fishing, <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, they win the cup. And I literally thought, "There's no way I'm gonna, you know, I'm not gonna ask him about it." Right? It was just a joke. Um, but the next morning, I get a text from him. The very next morning, he's like, "Hey, when are we doing the show?" Oh man! That... So it was pretty cool. We shot a show. It, tur- it turned into. Uh, uh, 
a total disaster just because of everything that comes with the cup. You know, all the people traveling yeah. around it. Plus, we, you know, we shot it on a public lake in Canada. So anytime we got anywhere within, you know, shouting distance shore, people are like, holy shit, is that the Stanley Cup? <laughs> It's a stunt double Stanley Cup. It's not uh, the real one. It, it, it was pretty crazy, but it was uh, it was definitely uh, one of the coolest things ever. And and definitely as a Canadian kid, there's there's a moment like when we first put the cup in my boat. Like I mean, we're sitting there waiting for it to arrive, and you know Brian grabs the cup, comes down, jumps in the boat, and I'm sitting there and it's sitting there at my feet, and I go to take off, and it kind of rolls back, and we both you know put our foot up to stop it from rolling out, and we're like Stanley Cup's about to roll out of the boat how crazy is it's just one of the weirdest things you know one of those moments you were like is this really happening that's, <laughs> that's unbelievable how does it arrive like in a crate with packing or on a plane it, well, a private a, jet there's a handler they, there's three handlers actually one of them's always with the cup they never touch the cups without without their hands in gloves um, so anytime you know basically you know when Brian was there the guy wouldn't even touch the cup he'd bring the case out open it up and Brian would grab it um, so it, it it's got a handler, and he made us put a life jacket on it and stuff like that. I guess <laughs> wow. that's wow. Um, so uh, it, it was it was definitely very cool. I mean that and that guy that guy gets to go to the world's greatest parties, but he is a perpetual designated driver for the Stanley Cup. I mean he never gets to party; he just goes to these parties every night. Boo! Bra- yeah, p- bring him up and pull him down all yeah. the same day. That's awesome. <laughs> that's purgatory. That's purgatory. What do we got going on back? There, Brian the Carpenter, uh, Ahura. What do we got? We got some more All right, questions. Dave, I got a couple questions for you, but I'm gonna let you choose which ones you want. All right, to Dave, answer. you can hear Ahura now, right? I can hear you. <gasps> okay. Hi, oh my God, Some, something actually worked in our studio. Okay. Cool. All right. So the two biggest questions I've got going right now are: Do you think that Bass will ever bring a tournament to Canada? Oh, that's a good question. And who? Do you not enjoy interviewing on stage? Wow. Not because you may not like them. They might just be a hard interview. We're not trying to put you on the spot there with anything, but, but that's really what everyone's asking. Yeah, we are trying to put you on the spot, but uh, <laughs> they were two good questions. If you don't like them, just say it. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'll tell the truth. I promise to tell the truth. My, my daughter just walked in the room. She's telling me to be, it's Ike Live. We can't be quiet. Hey, it's Ike Live. Say hi. Hi. Hi, sweetie. Go to bed. What are you doing up right now? <laughs> Sorry, I had to stop to parent. But I do not think there will ever be a, an event in Canada, just simply because there's so much that goes into running an event. Um, just just to get all the service trucks across the border, to get all that stuff. I, I, I just don't... Uh, I don't see it coming. Um, it, there was enough trouble, you know, on a border fishery. Um, I would love to see it one day. It'd be awesome, but I, I don't see it happening really quickly. Um, I mean, it's, there's there's a lot of pain in the butts. I mean, when we go to shoot shows, uh, you know, in the U.S., there's a lot of stuff we, we go through, and it's the same thing when you bring crews across the border. So there's there's um, there's a lot of headaches to come with that. So. Unfortunately, to be the bearer of bad news, actually, you know what? I'll change my answer. Yes, we're working on it very hard. There'll be an event in Canada anytime soon. <laughs> you just the made a lot. Question, you made a lot of Canadians happy right there. <laughs> <laughs> the second question was uh, about who I don't like to introduce. Uh, I can honestly say there's nobody that I don't like to introduce. There's guys who I'm, who are harder work. I mean, and, and guys who I love. I mean, one of. The, the guys who I 
you know, really got a cool relationship with. And I think if you sit with him, you learn a ton. And, and it's, you know, it's really his stories are incredible. But it's not the easiest time on stage. It's Rick Klund, and he knows it. I yeah. mean, I talked to Rick about it. And, and Rick, you know, that's not a part of the sport that, he, you know, Rick is Rick is one of those people that, you know, on the mic and stuff, that's not where he wants to be. You know, his tournament ends when he leaves the water, and, and going on the stage is just part of it. You know, he has to do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not going to back away from your question and say everybody's the same. I love introducing them all, but um, you know, guys like Rick Klon are a little bit more challenging. And the other thing that really does suck, um, I get to be two feet away from guys on their greatest moments, and I also get to be two feet away from guys oh, on yeah. their lowest career moments, and I, it, it's one of the hardest things. You know, you, they, you, you know, and it's really, if you think about it, our sport's really evil. You know, uh, how we, we, you know, if you lose in a golf tournament, you're, you may have thousands of people around you when you lose, but you're focused on hitting that ball in that hole. We let the competition stop, and then we parade two people in front of yeah. the crowd. We make them face the crowd, and and then we say you lost. It, that, it really is evil when that's you think a, about it. That's a but. great example. Oh, it's, my God. It's, it's super tough. And to make matters worse, the guy that loses that golf tournament still makes a million. And the guy that loses the bass event goes in the hole for about $30,000. So. If you've ever finished second place in a bass tournament, it's got to be the worst experience in the history <laughs> of the world. Yeah. You know, you like you said, Dave, you're paraded out there. You're in contention. You throw your fish up on the scale. Somebody's going to win. And when it's not you, the whole crowd erupts. The the MC kind of shucks you away like an unwanted kid or something. Yeah. And you're forced to the back of the stage, and you're you're wondering what what just happened to me. And yeah. yeah well, it's well, a, it's a horrible. It's thing. horrible. You say you're wondering what just happened. You find your way to the public restroom and you rip the toilet straight out of the bottom <laughs> of the floor. I'm not saying I ever did that, but a lot of people would do that. I think you ought to have a care kit, some kind of consolation prize to hand that guy as you're shucking him off the stage. At least, yeah. Like a dozen roses, a bouquet, anything, a box of freaking candy. Give him something, the poor guy. You're heartless up there, Dave. I'm telling you. Come on, think about this. I'm cold-hearted. All right. What, what about uh, why? You know, Rick Klein is a great example. What about Aaron Martin's? Because I know several times during the year, you know, I, I remember you asking him, you know, well, how, you know, how'd you do? How'd you catch him? And then all of a sudden, he started talking about the energy bar he was chewing when he was running. How do you connect I those pieces? Aaron. I love Aaron. I love Aaron. I swear to you, I love Aaron. He may think I hate him at times, but I love him. And and he is so much. You know, my favorite ever Aaron interview that I had with him was was actually not on stage. It was after a tournament he was leading a few years ago. And you know, I always will throw him kind of oddball questions, but I did all the. You know, this is the bait you're using. This is what you're doing and everything. And I said, Aaron, you love to run, don't you? And he says, Yeah, bro, I, I, I love. I love running. I mean, I, I, I love to run. And, and, and I said, I said, Aaron, I too have taken up running. I said, but if I run, when I choose an animal that I'm like, I said, I run like a, like a wombat. I said, now you, Aaron, if you had to choose an animal, what would you run like? And he said, bro, without even missing a beat, he goes, bro, I, I run, I run like, I run like a bird. And I, I said, 
it a bird? <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, he was a bird? Birds are horrible runners. He's like, without Mr. B, he's like, no, they're not. The, the Roadrunner is an incredible runner. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. <laughs> wow. That, that just shows you that 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 Aaron is, I mean, a genius. I mean, he's, a genius. he's just thinking at a level that, and really I've seen him do things on the water that are very much like that. I mean, I remember covering him. He was fishing this little channel, and and I'd been with him the day before. The next day, we're beside We're covering him from morning one, and I said, where do you want me to be? He goes, right, just go right across the bank. You're good. If you power pull right on that bank you're good and i said okay so he's fishing an hour and a half in and he'd been labeling the fish it was up at uh at lacrosse and um and he's not catching any and he turns around and he's like bro you gotta leave you're ruining everything it's, 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 it's destroyed and i'm like well, what do you what do you mean he goes the shad they come in they swim the shoreline and your boat is interrupting them so they can't come over here and i won't be able to catch them and i'm like I turned over straight. I'm like this. Whatever. Let's just move. He wants us to move. <laughs> Dude, within five minutes, he started catching fish. And I'm like, I would have never thought of that in a hundred years. Um, oh my god. So he, he is he is incredible. I mean, so Aaron's a guy who I have fun with. And if it wasn't for Trip, uh, you know, Trip Trip Trip's kind of, you know, my dad or the cop for me. You know, he's, up there, he's like, come on, move it along now. Time to get the show rolling, Dave. Come on, we're going too long now. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, I got to move it along. But if it wasn't for trip, I mean, I'd talk to Aaron for four. I'd still be talking to Aaron. <laughs> oh man, that and, and we're actually going to try to line Aaron up, and we're going to do a special eight-hour live show <laughs> and have Aaron on the entire time. Uh, and we're all going to trip on asset while we do the show. No, It'll no, be great. We're, no, we're going to have Aaron here. Oh, but we're going to bring Leslie. Oh, we're bringing Leslie. Oh, and then so you know when he starts to ramble, she give him the look. She will, and yeah. straight him out. When he rambles. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> she she means business, man. She means business. Uh, Dave, talk a little bit about. Uh, we, we've got some notes here. You've got uh, a casting for cure. Uh, Little little charity thing going on. Tell tell the fans a little bit about that. Tell everybody listening how they can get involved in that and help out. Yeah, Casting for a Cure, we started, you know, a number of years ago. Unfortunately, uh, my, my mom lost her battle with uh, with cancer. Um, and... Um, and she, you know she was she was um, before you know she was the most positive person that you know while she was sick she was like I'm not going back to work I'm gonna after this I'm going to devote my life to raising money for cancer um, just because she was so impressed at, at you know the treatments and the, and the you know the care that she was getting um, so unfortunately she lost her battle with cancer so but with my wife Sarah and our family you know we started casting for a cure and uh, through a bunch of different you know fundraising opportunities you know we've had tournaments we've had different things throughout the years and you know i think we're closing in on you know a couple hundred thousand dollars we've raised so far and it's uh it, it's just our little part unfortunately uh, you know cancer uh, affects way too many people and um it's a little thing that we do to uh to, to try and uh, to help out 
That, that's awesome. That's awesome. And we need to do we need to do more stuff like that. You know, we've got like I said, fishing industry seems like we're behind mainstream America, but these these things we have to do. You know, we're in the public eye, so it's it's awesome. How well, does it work? How can people contribute? How can they help? Uh, honestly, I mean, when we first started, we were asking people to donate a certain amount per pound at tournaments and that sort of thing, and that's when we first started. But that's why I was years ago when I was competing in tournaments, and then um, from there it's kind of evolved in different ways. So uh, honestly, you know. Other than just making a donation, I mean, we have different things. If you go on factsofficient.com that you can uh, buy, you know, casting for a cure, uh, red facts of fishing hats and that sort of thing, and, and all of that money goes to goes to, uh, goes to to the charity, directly to the charity. That's, That's awesome. So we, before we you came on, Dave, we talked about a little bit about the changes in bass, but uh-huh. let's, I want to spin it a little different. I'm not going to ask you about any of the changes. I'm going to ask you, looking forward, to the 2015 year, the schedule, what are you looking the most forward to? I mean, it's a dynamic schedule. In your eyes, what, 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 what's, what's the most important thing? What, what, do, you, what do you have that's, that's high on your list of what's going to happen next year? I think next year I'm going to guarantee we're going to shatter every attendance record that Bass has ever had. I mean, just look at the look at the schedule. I mean, just look at some of the you know we we're going to Orange where we know you know monster crowds in Orange. We're also going to Waddington. I'm very interested to see what happens. You know, just down the road from Philadelphia. I mean, I want to ask you, will that crowd? And and I wish I had no one there because I want to spend a considerable amount of time on the stage that final weekend promoting that we're going to come back and we're not too far from here. From what I hear, it's like an hour away. Will, will we get that crowd from Philadelphia to come to that event? I, I'll let Pete answer this. I, I say we're going to get a good crowd, but I say it won't be as good. That's my gut feeling. But go ahead, Pete, I'll let you answer it. Yeah, no, I think the Philadelphia you know venue was, was special there, and, and the people from this area are pretty unique that way. I, I don't know. I, I, I <laughs> You know, it's a brand new it's brand new venue. It's uh, I think the good thing here's some good things about it is it's not quite as hard to get to as the Philadelphia venue was. Parking, traffic, a lot easier on those fronts. Yeah, yeah. there's. Uh, I think there. You know, fishermen really generally try to get away from the city. <laughs> they don't go into the city. So, <laughs> so uh, being at this venue, it's going to be outside outside the city. And here's here's somebody you're going to draw from Baltimore and Washington, D.C. And there's a monster bass fishing crowd in those two cities. So I, I think if we can somehow you know pull the Philadelphia people down and bring up the, the Baltimore and D.C. people, I think you're going to have a massive crowd. Um, I, I, I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. It's going to be an exciting year next year. I mean, a lot, a lot of, and and I'll be honest, I'm biased. I mean, to me, um, the, the venue. It, it, all its success happens at the at the actual you know stage for me. You know what I mean? Like I mean, I want you guys to be on good bodies of water where you're catching tons of fish and stuff. But but I tell you what, I'll come to the Delaware River 700 times before in my in my if I were making the schedule before I would go to um, Falcon again. You know, yeah. so I mean, a great, great bass fisher. You're gonna catch some giants, but to me, that that everything, that stuff that happened in Philadelphia, and it's happened in a lot of venues for the Elite Series. Um, it happens. It, it, you know, that's what grows the sport. That's what. That's what. That's what. You know, 
that's what it's all about. Where, if you ask me. Where, where, where is the sport going, Dave? Where do you think the sport is going? I mean, we've talked a lot today about what's going on with the pros and and uh, you know. I don't know all the changes that are coming out. Whether or not there should be the win in your end deal on the uh, on the classic this year. Uh, what do you think about that? They took that away from the elites. What do you think? I, I personally don't like that it's gone, but it's for selfish reasons. I, I really like that. I thought it. You know, I'm always looking for ways to spin a crowd and ways to you know to, to people cheer for you know their favorites because of a reason. You know, the excitement. They're emotionally invested in that person. Um, or that story. And winning your in was a great story. Um, but as far as I know, I mean, the, the reason that it's being changed is because that's what the anglers wanted, the anglers that compete in the Elite Series, from what, mm-hmm. I've, from what I've been told. So uh, on that end of things, if, if that's the case, then so be it. Um, from a sales end of things, from a excitement end of things, I loved winning your in. Um, I, I think it made for some exciting stories over the last number of years, and, and one of them is Kevin Kirk right there from the Opens. You know, and obviously he'll still be able to do that with the Opens, but, um, you know, I think it's an exciting thing. But where is the sport going was your question. And I'll be honest, I think we as a sport spend way too much time wondering where the sport's going rather than just investing in the sport today. And what I mean by that is, is I remember leaving the Classic in 2006, and that was... I believe Luke Clausen's classic when he won. And I remember somebody turned to me and said, where is this sport going? When is this sport going to get big? And I said, well, let me just think about this. I just walked out of an arena where there was 20,000 people cheering middle-aged guys in funny shirts holding up fish <laughs> while we yelled out names. I think it's doing pretty good. Clown you know, suits. We should always focus on getting it bigger, but a lot of times people say, when's it going to get bigger? What can we do to make it bigger? Rather than just focusing on, hey, let's celebrate things. You know what I mean? Like, how yeah. often do you hear yeah. a tournament where, you know, Philadelphia, the cool thing about Philadelphia is that was a bass tournament. That's all that was. One of the things that I find so frustrating is whenever we've had big crowds, you, you still there's so many naysayers in the in the in the whether it be the chatboard warriors or the people on different websites that are trying to drum up traffic saying stuff like, well, there was only a crowd there because they had so-and-so performing, and there was only a crowd there because they were with this festival. These guys draw a crowd. These guys, I mean, look at Orange two years ago was a prime yeah. example. I forget the country music is. act that was there, but I tell you right now he hates bass fishing because you guys had like 12,000 people looking at your stage, and way down the end there was another stage, and we all thought, well, all those people are going to go watch that concert. And they only got like 4,000 people for the concert. So wow. these guys draw a crowd, and every once in a while, rather than just saying, what are we, where is it going yet? I think it's going great places, but I think we should also celebrate where we are. I agree. Well said. Nice I agree. Said. Absolutely. Well said. I agree. I agree. Uh, Dave, before we let you run, and thank you for being on the show. This was an amazing time. Uh, let everybody know how they could follow you. Give them, give them your social media sites. Let them know how they could uh, follow you and what you're doing and all your exploits. Okay, before I do that, I just want to thank you for having me on the show. Because, and, and, wow. And I, I'd like to come back, but I want to I be live, like really with you guys, because... 
Yeah, I've been drinking with you guys, and I, just, I, I feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> Long distance drinking. Uh, well, we want you here next time live. I, I think in the next three or four to ten years, Brian the Carpenter will have this thing figured out. You know, and uh, you know, once he can get his hands around how to build a table, I think he can get to the next step, which is being an engineer. So, uh, you know, Cyril. No, but we'd love to have you on the show here, Dave. Uh, hopefully. You know, maybe if the, the they get back to Philly, you know, we'd love to have you on the set, or maybe even at the flats, we can schedule you coming into the studio and do a show. It'd be great. A- anytime, and if we do go back to Philly, I'm going to guarantee you that I'm going to book my flight out a day later because I, it killed me to leave when there's. You, uh, we go to so many places, so many guys win. They don't have a victory party. I knew that was not going to be a problem with you. <laughs> no, no, no. Our party yeah, lasted party. two days, and we had uh, we had a lot of drunk people sleeping in the corn. So it was an interesting party. <laughs> I want to be one of those people in the court. <laughs> but I, I know I know you guys are on a schedule here, and, I, and it looks like people's glasses are empty. So real quick, <laughs> you can follow me. Um, Factsofficient.com is our website. You know, uh, my on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Facts of Fishing, um, and on on Facebook, it's Dave Mercer's Facts of Fishing. You can follow me there, and and if you like me there, it'll make me feel popular. Yeah, I love it. Well, we Dave like Mercer, it. everybody. Dave Mercer. Thank you, Dave. Wow. Thank you guys. Take care. Wow. Man, hold on. Let me get my thing. Spock, that was a great guest. <laughs> do we have no mics back there? So I don't know we what's got, going on. We got on. mics, but listen. We do. Okay. The Rod Father has been IMing. Wow, oh, the wow. Rod Father's been IMing. So, That's awesome. Hey, Spock, can you post what our phone number is? I could do that. Okay. So Nobody wh- call in until the Rod Father calls in. <laughs> okay. We don't have call waiting. We don't have call waiting. All right. Rod Father, we're asking you to call in. We, we would love to have you on. You made the Philly event. You're a special individual. We want you on the show. And uh, Worf, I see you. You're getting excited about the Rodfather calling in. I can see the sweat beating off your head over there. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be the uh, two-inch thick rubber mask. Oh, it's a latex. Okay. I knew that shit looked hot. Okay. Alright, well, while we're waiting for the Rodfather to call, what, Captain Awesome, you've been quiet over there. I need to hear from you. What do you think about Mercer, man? That was a cool guest. What, what do you think? Is he doing a good job? I think he's doing an amazing job with Bass. What do you think? For sure, and even before Bass, I've been a big fan of him. I mean, I'm also a uh, a very loud, talkative, passionate fish head. And, yes. And I really like what he's been able to do. I mean, I want to be him when I grow up. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, it, it's somebody that I can identify with, yeah. and, and I hope we find more people like that, people who can really spread the word and bring more people into it so is that the way is that the way to get more say now this is a good this is a good example because captain awesome you look like a regular adult but you're actually still kind of a young man uh you're fresh out of college is that a way i mean what what can get that age group the one the the late teens early 20 age group what can get them excited about the sport of fishing? What the heck is that? <laughs> what, what is that? Why is there an echo? Stop that. Stop that. What are you doing back there? 
Okay. I think you can answer that. Father, huh? Oh, who was? You're awesome. Okay. Thank you. You can find success in what you're truly good at, not just being a professional angler. Maybe you want to be a record chaser, a, a big bass chaser. Maybe you just want to talk about it. Because that's what I do. I talk about it all the time. I just live and breathe it. And maybe that, and it's just, you're seeing people all these different roles, and, and that's one of the nice things about media and like he's been able to do with you know with YouTube like I said before he got the bass he had a big following and yeah. it's pretty cool he did, he did. it's unique it's unique and you, and we need that. We need new stuff. We need new mediums through to promote the sport. Mm-hmm. We have to have that. Well, it's know, a changing world. And and I agree. And and the sport is changing. We are a little bit behind bass fishing as a whole. Is a few years behind the rest of the world, it seems. But you know what I I really liked about Dave is what he what he said right there at the end is let's celebrate what we have. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, we got an awesome thing. Absolutely. I mean, how cool is it that grown men get to go out there and compete for a living catching fish? How cool is it that we get 20,000 people showing up to a weigh-in? And uh, how cool is it that we have 10 million people that, that list yes. uh, bass fishing as, as their hobby? It's awesome. Yeah, we got a great, we got Celeb- a great Celebrate what's happening. Because yep. there are too many people. The reality of it is there's too many people that bitch and live in the negative. Mm-hmm. Example, a.k.a. Harold Sharp. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> why... Always, why do these people always complain? You're right. Wake up and smell the roses. Amazing things are happening to the sport. Celebrate the past. Celebrate what the sport was, but also celebrate what the sport is now, and embody you know who's who's playing in the sport now. That's great. Did did Harold do something recently? Uh, well, I I just every other day uh, complaining. But uh, <laughs> what, what else we got? Speaking of amazing, we have uh, the Rodfather. We so, have the Rodfather yes, actually on the It's amazing line. that he's on the show. It is. Okay. And here he is. Uh, live on Ike Live, I believe, if uh, Brian, uh, the AK oh, Spock, oh made this work, we have on Ike Live the Rodfather. Rodfather, you there? Woo! Yeah, man, I'm here. Yeah! Oh, my gosh. Actually worked. How you doing? How you doing tonight? I'm doing exceptionally well, and I gotta tell you, man, I got messages coming in, hey, they're shouting you out, this, that, and the other, and I gotta tell you, man, I don't know if you know my whole story about my father dying last year on Easter Sunday, and he was a huge bass fisherman, and I hadn't fished in 27 years, guys. Last time I went with my dad, I was 12 years old. Now, I'm gonna tell you something crazy. This is the first time that Bassmasters has come to the Philadelphia area, and I just started fishing last August again after 27 years off. The kicker to this story, my father was a pipe fitter at the Frankfurt Arsenal where you guys launched every single morning. And when I tell you, if you don't believe in spiritual things, believe it now. Wow, that's wow. wild. I, I actually, as you were telling that story, I kind of was getting chills. That's mm-hmm. unbelievable, man. I, I'm yeah. a I'm a big believer in that. I'm a big believer in kind of things happen for a reason and come full circle. I'm a big believer in that, man. That's that, awesome. That's awesome. I mean, you're 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 so you started bass fishing again, but you were clearly 
You were the number one fan in this whole stadium. You connected with Dave Mercer. You uh, you inspired the crowd. Swindle. Yeah, swindle. Where? <laughs> I mean, where? Where's all? Where's all this come from? Was it? Was it your father wrapped up into that? Or is it? You know, just the fact that you know you're getting back into this awesome sport they're finding here in Philadelphia. You know, where where was your head at during all that? Well, well, uh, there's several things, man. I fish, I think, to cope with my dad. I was real close with my father and my family. You know, we're Italian, Irish, American, and we're just really close knit. So the fact that this just came about after his passing, it was kind of like it just fell, all the pieces fell into place for it. And it helps me cope with him. Like, I feel he's always out there with me when I'm fishing. On top of that, I don't know if Mike remembers this, but me and Ike hung out at Cafe Society in the Berlin uh, Marlton area back in the day when he had just gotten uh, on the professional tour. That's old school. You're going way back. Well, I know his his daughters, too, from a girl I went to high school with in Christie. So yeah. it's just amazing how all this stuff came into play together. It's, it's pretty wild when you think about it. It's unbelievable. Well, you set the pace. All other bass fishing fans are now looking to you. <laughs> you got a lot of pressure on your shoulders now. You know, it, it, it's interesting. We've uh, we, we've heard it time and time again since that tournament that that was the single best event ever held, and that that's amazing. And, and for sure, you were a part of that. It it was special. There was this weird energy around that event. What, what the heck was that, man? What was that? Can you describe the energy that happened at that tournament? My goodness, man. Let me tell you what. Dave Mercer had a ton. That, that's one of the reasons. He had a ton to do with it because yeah. he selected me and my friends out. We were there from day one through day four, and we don't get to see this thing often around here. And the fact that all the anglers were as friendly as they were, it's unlike any other sporting event when it comes to meeting these people personally and having them really be good people. And I think their vibe played off on everybody else. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah, it was it, it was special. Like I said, we've we've been to a lot of events, Pete, and that. I can't remember when that's ever happened. No, and we didn't want to leave. <laughs> we didn't want to. No, I wish it would have been a ten-day event. I remember hanging out with the Rod Father and his crew at the end, and um, we, we, do you remember that? We 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 were there, and uh, there's the buzz was there. There's there's a whole crew that just did not want to leave. That um, when did you guys finally leave? I, th- I thought it might have been the next day. I'll tell you what, man. I, I I may have slept in my car. I'm not even... <laughs> you know what? You know what's great too. I had a group of friends that actually Ike met and let them hold the trophy. They came and said they were Ike's family, and they weren't. And they met him at the. <laughs> you remember those guys? My buddy Jack, uh, Johnny Valentine. We call him Big Ball Valentine. I mean, these guys. They were infatuated with the win with Ike. Everybody. That's <laughs> Awesome. That's awesome, man. I you know what guys? I want to tell you something too, man. You have done so much in this community when it comes to fishing in general. Not just, you know, for me, but I'm gonna tell you, I started something in my father's memory where we're doing a Rod Father product thanks to Dave Mercer giving me that name where I'm donating money to St. Jude's Children's Hospital with every hat or shirt that's purchased. So 
you've you've done a lot more than you can imagine on a whole nother level. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you. And and while we have you on the phone, let let people know how they can contribute to this. How how can they get a hold of the shirt? Well, it's real easy. I created a splash page with just my story and my father's picture, and it's called rodfatherbass.com. Okay. It's that simple. All they have to do is read the story, and if they want to purchase something, they can just click on the online link, and everything's right there for them. It's very simple. Just a one-page write-up. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I tell you, I... I, 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 To you guys, man, this is all, you know, to you guys. Ike was my... My father's favorite angler, because he was crazy Jersey, and you never <laughs> got to see that. You just never got to see that. And you know, I don't tell this to a lot of people, but when he won, I I cried to the point where it was all I couldn't even hold it in because my close friends, my girlfriend, my family, everybody was there, and it was just very emotional for me. That's all. Awesome. It, it was. It was. It was emotional for me too. It was uh, just so much going on. I would say. Yeah, that was an. It was an amazing moment. But I got to tell you something. I it, does the shirt look like that? Because I want the Rodfather shirt. Does it have that logo on it that we're seeing on the screen? I want to order yeah. one myself. I want that no, thing. I actually did, Mike. I actually went to a local T-shirt company in Mullica Hill, and they redid the logo with my father's and my image in the letter O. We put a fresh water baitcaster reel on it with a top water frog because I love the top water frog and we capitalize the F in Rodfather so that it you know stands out that it's for my father, my dad. That's awesome. We're we're showing an image of it right here now on the screen and I gotta tell you man, I'm uh, back when this show's over, we're getting one of these. We're going, we're going online and getting one of these. I have to have one of these shirts. We're going to wear this thing. That's an awesome shirt. <laughs> i got to have that thing. Hey, listen, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, again, thank you for everything you did at the Delaware River, and thank you for the support, man. Everybody, the Rod Father. Rod Father. Thank you very much for Rod Father. Wow, what a cool guest! Yeah, fun. Man, I, I've, I've a real quick question. Yes, Pete, what was that wave you just did? <laughs> I just saw myself blasted on the screen. <laughs> I thought I thought Brian the Carpenter wanted to get away. Hey, <laughs> Pete, people are really uh, either loving your outfit or asking why you didn't dress up. Yeah. <laughs> well, everything's real, right? It's, it's polarized. Listen, it's li- good. listen. Everything about Pete's costume is real, except for the sock shoved down his pants. Everything else is real. Uh, oh lord. Uh, I got nothing. Uh, okay. You want you want to do a song and then I'll get I'll try to get Aaron Brett on the line. Or yeah. Do let's to... do this. What, let, let's get a time check here. We're at uh, wow. We're at, we're at ten thirty. Let's do this. We're gonna do. Uh, everybody stay with us. This has been a strange, interesting, weird, very dynamic show thus far. Stay with us. We're gonna take a little break for like a minute, and we're gonna come back. And uh, Spock, who do we have again? Let everybody know who we have coming on. Aaron Britt. Aaron don't Britt. You will when we're done. A.K.A. Legit, Aaron Legit Britt, is coming on. Uh, He's got a great story about his win, and he's got another great story. So hang on one minute. We're going to be right back. Ike Live. See you soon.
folks at home, no folks at home, we're back. Uh, I, I changed it up a little bit on the break. I don't know. Uh, do, do you notice? Uh, I, I guess a few few of us changed it up. <laughs> do you know what glasses these are? <laughs> Who are this? No. This is Jordy's. Jordy's. That's right. I know this. Or glasses. Stevie Wonder. <laughs> they look good on you. Jordy or Stevie Wonder. Hey, listen, we've got. Uh, it's an exciting part of the show. We took a little bit of a break. Uh, we got we got some new refreshments. And uh, don't let uh, Pete fool you with the coffee cup there. There's actually other stuff in there. Uh, <laughs> but this is a. <laughs> hold up your mustache when you do that. Uh, this is a cool part of the show. And this is. Uh, uh, Spock, let me ask some. We are in we we are, we are in a ship here. This yeah. is a ship. This is the SS Minnow that we're in, and we're kind of like yeah 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 yeah. Let 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 people see you while you talk here too. We're we're world travelers tonight. You know, you think about it. How did they do that? What was the um. You know, they go between galaxies and what what, what do you call that? The warp uh, speed. Warp speed. We're going to warp speed. We went from where? From Canada. Mm-hmm. We're going from Canada. We're instantly crossing the country, and now we're ending up in the West Coast. And we're going to catch up with Aaron Brett. Aaron Brett's out. What is he fishing or practicing somewhere? Tell me what he's doing, Brad. Do you know, Spock? Uh, driving home from Lake Havasu. I believe so. Driving home from Lake Havasu. So, am I on? You're on. <laughs> wow. <There he> is. <laughs> hey, for first, first of all, this is surreal, uh, Mike. I've been a fan here for a long, long, long time, and uh, this is absolutely mind blowing to me right now. But I'm actually uh, just got to Lake Havasu. Uh, earlier uh, this afternoon, up here for a week fishing the uh, California Bass Federation State TOC. So I'll be here for a week. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, and you get to come here. You get to come here next year too, don't you? Oh, dude, we're stoked about it. You know, we got. Oh, uh, that's a new place for about ninety percent of the guys, so we're excited. But uh, hey, definitely. thank you for taking time out to come on the show. Uh, we Absolutely. we appreciate it. And first of all, congratulations on your win, by the way. Thank very, you very much, man. Very, Thank you very much. Very impressive. Very impressive. I appreciate that. You know, we're all we're all fish heads over here, so we follow all these sure. tournaments from afar. The interesting thing, this is the first thing I want to talk to you about, is you bucked the trend of fishing at Clear Lake. I mean, quite frankly, you look at everybody out there. Pete, you know, you'd agree with me. You've got guys that are punching and flipping and frogging and big swim baits. But you did you did something different. You you bucked the trend. Tell me a little bit about how you found that and how how you used that to win the tournament. Because that's interesting to me that you decided to crank deep while everybody else was doing ledge fishing. Ledge fishing while everybody else was doing the normal Clear Lake stuff. That's interesting. I want to hear about that. Well, that's exactly why I did it. You just nail on the head because everybody was doing uh, was doing the shallow game, and uh, I'm about an hour and a half away from that lake, so I'm up there all the time and. Uh, um, I just knew going to that tournament, I, I knew that if I put my head down and covered enough water and found enough uh, schools willing to eat, that um, I thought that, that that bite would last longer than uh, than a day or two. And as you saw, a lot of the weights, uh, guys cracked them on the first day. You know, they went to their spot where they knew some fish were living under a mat, they caught them, um, returned on day two, and uh, it just didn't happen for them. Um, but the main thing was covering water. You know, I knew that if I put my head down and, and, and found some of that grass, the problem that grass up north was is that you had a legitimate mile uh, uh, length of it, and there was anywhere right. from four feet to ten feet, and there was just so much grass that it was hard um, uh, to, to dictate where they were going to be and when they were going to be there. But uh, I knew if I found the right ledge and the right depth, and, and I hit it the right time, I would the crankbait that 
Uh, not only would I catch one, but I'd catch two and three and four. Um, uh, I had three real, real key areas, all mid-lake. It wasn't anything special. I knew a lot of guys um, uh, were community holes, so guys knew what was going on. But uh, they'd make one pass through it and not get bit, and they'd leave. And they'd abandon the, the area. But uh, I just knew what was swimming down there. I got good electronics. Um, and I knew if I stayed around long enough and made enough casts at the right angles that I'd, I'd hopefully trigger one to go. And when I did, I'd, I'd trigger one or two or, or even three. That's that's a key strategy because we talk about that a little bit is the decision on when to stay and when to go. You know, you sure. you have a, a key stretch. You go up and make one or two passes. They don't bite you leave. But but you really had the confidence to stay. That's that's a that's a tough thing to do sometimes in an event. And, and has, oh, I, is that, has that the first time the tournament's been won that way? Oh, no, 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 no. You know, there's it's, people, it's just funny. You think Clear Lake, and especially people that, that aren't from there, you, you think swim base. You just think, you automatically think swim base when you're at Clear Lake. And don't get me wrong, uh, they're great, and they catch big, giant fish up there. I'm actually uh, team partners with Paul Bailey, who's uh, uh, the specialist up there with uh, swim base. So I've learned a lot over the past couple of years throwing them. But uh, this year's been weird. You know, it's been, uh, the water was a lot warmer uh, uh, coming into October than it has been in previous years. Um, and I think that messed with people. It actually messed with the fish, which in the end result messed with the people because people don't get it. These fish are just as confused as the fishermen. You know, it wasn't an easy bite. That wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't easy to catch one. But uh, the water was warmer, so a lot of these fish were still on that, out there on that summer haunts, and they're wanting to move up. Mm-hmm. And and um, there were some fish shallow on the rocks, but you would catch one. You know, every. 200 yards, and, and one would be on the corner of a dock, one would be uh, suspended in shade, one would be on two leaves. So you never knew when you were going to get bit. Um, so it was just a little bit, uh, I'm more confident in staying in these areas. And like I said, these areas, they weren't uh, um, they weren't uh, special areas. And they, were, they were main lake ledges, um, but again, I just knew what was swimming down there. And, and I just knew that if I just kept with it, kept with it, it, it would happen. And I just so happened to get the right bite, so it, it ended up working out. That, that's awesome, and, and it's tough to win. I'd say at uh, at any level, especially you know that tournament. Cause I I looked at the list, and there were a lot of Clear Lake specialists that you'd see on that oh, list. Definitely. And that's oh, that, I mean that's got to feel good to finish the top of those guys. It's it's very difficult to win nowadays. It's surreal. It really is. And again, the fact I'm talking to you is is, is even more <laughs> surreal. Yeah, I get called. Uh, uh, the West Coast, I can L you over here, and uh, and I'll tell you why. Is because uh, first of all, your enthusiasm and passion. I've I've been watching you for a long, long, long time, and uh, I'm about as passionate as anyone can possibly get. I still get as excited to show up to the lake at 28 years old as I did when I was seven, and that's God honest truth. Um, and I put a lot of hard time and effort and uh, and and stress into the sport. And uh, when things go my way, uh, I'm excited. I yell, I scream, I jump, I hug people. I almost kiss my co-angler. Uh, on the third day after catching that big one, <laughs> and, and when things don't go my way, uh, you also know about it. I'm yeah. very, uh, I'm very vocal. I throw things. I stomp. I pout. Before <laughs> um, sport, it's because that I, I, I just have so much passion for this sport. Yeah, that just, that's just the way that it comes out. See, there's a lot of people that understand that. Yeah. And again, you're going to have the people that don't understand it. It is what it is. I'm not going to change for anyone. It's gotten me to this part, so I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with it. Absolutely. And that's a hard, that is a hard thing to explain. And, uh, you know, that, it is. That, it really is. That passion is a hard thing because it's, fra- it's, it's fragile. You walk the line there uh, of it being Absolutely. passion and it, you being an <laughs> uh, angry, mad person. But Absolutely. I, I can relate to it. And, and, you know, what I like is that you're really, you know, what I like about you, Aaron, is you're, you're not your t- 
typical angler, which is great, and that's what this sport needs, you know. Sure. Uh, you know, a lot of guys I, I might not know some of your background. We've got, in the house tonight, we've got Worf here, and Worf is a big uh, a big fan of yours from afar. He's a big and, man. Uh, and Worf is a big man. Worf, what are you coming in at? Two, 250? 260? <laughs> Ooh, uh, he just nodded. <laughs> he didn't want to say anything. Yeah, you know he's too fifty if he disagrees. With yeah, Warp is just nodding. He's not even talking. But uh, you're you're not a typical bass guy. Tell everybody a little bit about some of your background, Aaron, because I know we've got a video that we're going to play here in a little bit. That's amazing. I can't but, wait to see this. Yeah, video. it's a great video. But it's, but uh, but tell everybody a little bit about your background, because you're not a typical bass guy. Sure. Well, fishing comes first. I've been a fisherman since I was able to walk and throw a line in the water. But uh, with that being said, uh, I've also been a big fan of uh, mixed martial arts, MMA. Um, at a real, real young age, I uh, I started watching. My dad was nice enough, and uh, I don't know if there was good parent-like, but he would take me to uh, to Hollywood Video, a local store, and rent um, the old UFC 1s and 2s when they had no gloves and no rules. And uh, I watched those guys fight, and there's something about that at a really young age that caught my attention. And uh, I've been a die-hard uh, mixed martial arts fan ever since. Um, i got a few buddies that do it uh, professionally. I'm their corner man, so I get to get in there and get a get an up-close look a lot of the time. But um, I was in a fight one night, uh, a buddy of mine, and, and there was a couple guys in the ring fighting, and I looked to them when they got done in the fight, and I told them, I said, you know what, man, I, I really think I could beat those guys up. I just, I just I feel like I could beat them up. And he said, well, get up there and do one. So I, uh, <laughs> I trained for a couple months and cut down to 170, and... Uh, Got my game on point and stepped into the cage with, uh, for my debut and fought a guy who I think fought four times prior to that because the guy I was supposed to fight backed out and uh, hey, I got me a new opponent. But uh, anyways, yeah, 14 seconds into the very first round, um, he throws an inside left leg kick and like an idiot, I go down and try to block it with both of my hands. Uh, and I come up with a punch, and he throws a counter punch, and we hit each other at the exact same time, and uh, we both go unconscious. Well, the second time, second time in the history of MMA that there was a double knockout due to punches. This is perfect timing, Brian DeCarpenter. Oh my gosh, here oh. it goes. <laughs> it was perfect timing because as you were talking, Brian queued it up, and we've got it. We've got it playing live. Here it goes again. That's pretty unbelievable, and that's that's rare. That's a rare it's thing. Very rare. That's Aaron, a rare. Again, it only happens one other time. Aaron, you were wearing yeah, red, red, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. And yes, you also sir. recovered quicker, right? Yeah, you know it's funny. I, 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 I got hit. Everyone's got a button. You guys like MMA, you know, you know what's up. If you, everyone's got a button, and uh, you, you don't have to get hit necessarily very hard uh, there to put someone to sleep. And uh, he just hit me. He didn't really hit me very hard. He just hit me at the right spot at the right time with my mouth wide open. And uh, it, I was more of a kind of a, a, a flash knockout. I fell down. I don't remember it, but I was up immediately within the, within four or five seconds, uh, removing my mouth guard. And uh, I was fine. I was totally coherent. But uh, he was sleeping. I just say that I was napping. He was sleeping. <laughs> when, when we look at it. But uh, yeah, very very interesting fight. It was one of the first and only, and probably the last. Aaron, what gym do you train out of? It's Warfare, by the way. <laughs> Galaxy, Galaxy Boxing and MMA here in, here in good old Yuba City. Mike, you got to come down to Fish Clear Lake, man. We're right here. Uh, I, I need to. We're actually, uh, when we get out there to fish the Delta, we've got a little time on the front end of that tournament. So I'm, I might get out Dude. there and play around a little bit. I would be on. I'd be on. we got a big local uh, Bullard's Bar. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but they got some... Uh, Nine to eleven pound spotted bass in there, and they're catching them. Uh, catching them every day. Wow! Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Well, the record was just broken, the 10-4-8 here down in uh, New Maloney's uh, in a tournament, believe it or not. But uh, yeah, I caught uh, I probably caught six or seven spots over nine pounds last year. And, uh, yeah, didn't I read something in the notes that you have some records for spotted bass or? 
have an you know, ungodly I'm, amount of fish over five pounds or something? Yeah, I've caught I've probably caught a hundred spots over five and probably fifty or so over six. Wow. Whoa. I got probably 10 or so over 9 this past year, but it's just a lake that they plant with kokanee, and it was really, really poor fishing uh, five or six years ago. And these wow. Fish, if you caught one of these things, you it, I don't know what you would do, but you would probably lose your lip. <laughs> hey, uh, they're, they're fossil. They don't even look like real fish. They're just guts on them. But, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of fish caught over uh, 9 pounds last year. That's so. amazing. Cause we got there and break the record. That's amazing because, you know, in in the 30 years that Pete Glusick has fished, he's only caught one fish over 5 pounds. So <laughs> he... he <laughs> He's, uh, he's, and I, he's shocked. A, and that was just a guess, an estimate. <laughs> we, had 40, we had 41 pounds out there last year. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. Jesus. Another interesting really fact about Aaron, he, he, he won this tournament. He won this tournament out of a 94 Ranger. Out of a 94 awesome. Ranger? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, Aaron, have you bought a new boat with your winnings? Yeah, you know what? I got I towed a brand new uh, 2014 Ranger Z521 here. Nice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a good trade uh, out. Nice boat, dude. It's not a bad trade. That boat did me well. You know, I fished out of that boat for years, and uh, I always knew that. I, again, I don't think that it matters what boat you're in. The fish I can't see that. You know, it just gives me a little bit of a disadvantage. Uh, to get an A to B quicker than the than the newer boats, but I had the electronics on there to do me just fine, and uh, it was comfortable. But now I'm really comfortable. Oh man, that's a, that's a good change. Yeah, I actually started and I had a Ranger. You remember this one, Wharf? 374V. Yeah. Back in the day, it was a 94 Ranger, and that thing did, dude. That thing lasted. That thing took us oh, some amazing oh, places. Yeah. It, yeah, mine was a 361V. Ranger 364, Ranger 361 with a 150 Merc on it. And it was actually a classic Star 1. And it, it, again, yeah, they, uh, they, it, it fished me for shit. I mean, since 94, but uh, for me personally, since about 2007, 2006. So it lasted a long time. But I'm glad to have a new one. I like it. Sure. I like it. I'm, I'm thinking, what, here's what I'm thinking here. I'm thinking we set up a tournament here at the house, okay? And it's half bass fishing and half in the ring, okay? And it's me and you, Aaron, against Worf and Brian the Carpenter. Half fishing, half in the ring. Hey, you <laughs> someone fist, calls you off. Fist and you fin. We can even do arm wrestling. Fist and fin. I, I do pretty well there. Yeah, fist, fist and, and fin. I, I like it. I want no parts at either end of that. But Worf, you, you You've got to stay in costume for the entire day. <laughs> uh, nice. Hey, Aaron, back to MMA. So here, here's my situation. And much like you where you said you're watching these fights and you feel like you could go in there and you could compete. <laughs> like, uh, what happened? Uh, <laughs> no, like, what happened? <laughs> what? what happened? What? Did you just insinuate that you could go in there and compete? No, or? well, that's the thing. Like, well, Aaron, no, listen, I'm not. No, that was not a rip on you. I, I blame nothing no, but respect. Not okay, yeah, don't. Uh, I don't know. That's why everyone was laughing. I'm sure they probably put a funny picture of me up or something. I don't know. But right now, my, that's my midlife crisis. I, I'm training right now. My goal is to get down to about 215 so I can cut to 205, and I plan on doing a couple amateur fights within the next year. Sure. Training at the UFC no, gym in Cherry Hill. You know, right now I'm just working on boxing because that's where I'm worst at. What are what are some uh, like what are some what are some uh, what's some advice or some mistakes that you made that maybe sure. you can steer a guy? Keep like your me? hands up. That's for starters. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't drop your hands. Uh, no, for, you know the, the number one thing going into a fight, and again I've been watching this for a long time, is the goal of going into a fight. And it sounds cliche and stupid, but not to get hit. You go in there, you don't want to get hit. 
the more damage you take, uh, whether it be your body or your face, obviously the more uh, more hurt you're going to be. But um, something that, that you need to think about is, is ground, because 95% of those fights, particularly amateur fights, is because most of those guys go in there and just start putting their heads down and throwing punches around. Um, but uh, they go to the ground, and, and that's something that's going to be uh, that's, that's probably going to happen. So it's, it's very uncomfortable. No one likes to be on their back. So if I were you, I would train a lot uh, on your back. Not that you're going to be there, but if you do uh, get on your back, um, and the guy obviously on top has a much better position on you, he can land a quite a bit more punches. And then the defense, keep your hands up, man. It's it, it's it's tiring because these rounds are only two minutes. So uh, yeah, two minutes of full-on fighting—that's a long time. And for the guys that do a profession for five minutes, I don't—I mean, that that blows my mind. I mean, to to, to get in there and do that for a full 25 minutes in the title fight is a. Uh, it's mind-boggling, but uh, keep your hands up and just be yeah. calm and composed. Because as soon as you go in there and start losing your, as soon as he reaches out and punches you one time and you feel it, and your game plan goes out the window, then you might as well not even be in there because it's uh, it's probably not going to go the best. So you just got to be calm, uh, composed, and then dieting in order to cut weight. Um, drink a lot of water and then eat right. It's tough, man. I'm a That's big, the hardest I'm, part. I'm a big foodie. I, I like eating a lot of stuff, especially late at night. Uh, but fruit, you want to eat a lot of good, healthy food, um, and just stay hydrated and stay and stay fit because uh, you start eating eating improperly, and that's going to affect the way your, uh, your cardio is and your stamina. So uh, I'd eat right, keep your hands up, and uh, train off your back. Man, those are my three things I'd tell you. That's what I would do. Well, thanks. Do you plan on fighting again? You know, I don't know. You know, I got offered to fight that guy again for actually a pretty large sum of money, but I turned it down because I had a tournament. Uh, coming up and actually <laughs> priorities priorities oh, oh much much more important than the decision, <laughs> that's awesome. but that fight was funny that fight took place a week before um uh, a big tournament i had oh i'm sorry i had a uh, i had a tournament a week before that fight happened right. and i didn't fish very well because uh, all i could think about um was uh was getting in there and putting on four ounces and, and you know swinging away and it's you know this game's mental mike you know that this game oh yeah game is 85 percent yeah. mental so if you're not in it from the get-go uh it's tough, you know, and all I could think about was just fighting, and I didn't want to think about that. So, uh, yeah, I didn't do very well, so I don't think it's a good idea to do it again, at least anywhere near a tournament. Hey, Ike, Ike, yes. Ike, in yes. here. Yeah. Uh, How oh, you doing? Oh, yeah. Hi. Hey, I have a couple questions for Aaron. Oh, yeah. All right, first one is, have you ever thought about fishing the U.S. Open? Oh, you know, I I will be there for the remainder uh, of their of their tournaments. Uh, I I've been doing this for a while. You know, I fished as a co angler on the FLW uh, uh, for two or three years, and I did a lot of team tournaments growing up. But um, once I felt sufficient enough to come in here and hang with the big boys, and uh, I've known I could do this for a while. Financially, it was always an issue for me. Uh, my parents are my uh, God bless them are my biggest supporters. I mean, they truly believe in me and, and have um, have gotten me to where I've gotten. Um, there's absolutely no way that I could have done this without them and, and my sponsors and, and everyone who believes in me. But uh, absolutely, I, I, I've never been to Mead. Uh, I really, 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 really want to go. Now that I got a boat that I won't drown in, uh, <laughs> seven feet tall, I can finally get out there. But yeah, I'd love to. I anticipate on doing uh, uh, all the FLWs next year, and um, I'll be in actually Grand Lake uh, in Oklahoma for the TBF um, uh, Nationals. I won the tournament out here earlier this year at Lake Havasu. Uh, in the TBF Divisionals and qualified the boater for the Nationals. So I hope to go uh, win that Living the Dream package, and that would really set something off mm. for me. All right. Uh, UFC question. How the hell did Brock Lesnar not make it in the UFC? <laughs> well, because he, he doesn't know how to punch, and he doesn't like getting hit. If you ever saw him get hit, he, he, he just he squinched up like a... He, here's, here's the problem. Here's the problem people don't understand about this sport, is that you can be the biggest, baddest dude and, and, and think that you can go in there and grab someone and throw them around, but technique will destroy 
strength every day of the week. Someone who's composed and can utilize their technique better than you at that level will win every single time. He was dominant when he got you to the ground. When he took you down and, and put you up against the cage or, or got you in side control or whatever it may have been, uh, he was dominant because he was just bigger and stronger. It doesn't really take much uh, talent to, to hold somebody down. Yeah, uh, but on the feet, uh, Kane Glasquist, for instance, he's a he's a uh, two-time division wrestler. That guy is, is just as good, or in my opinion, better uh, at wrestling than Brock Lesnar. And his hands are, I mean, you saw what happened. He hit him six times before Brock Lesnar even knew what happened. You know, so yeah, uh, Shane Carwin. Shane Carwin showed Shane how to beat Lesnar. He should have won. That fight should have been stopped because he was getting his butt kicked in that first round, and uh, Shane Carwin blew his blew his wad on that on yeah. that first round. Ended up getting caught in an arm triangle in the second round. Uh, but uh, Carwin, I think Carwin is just is more uh, composed usually, but he wasn't in that fight. I think when he heard him, he really wanted to make a statement. But that fight should have been stopped. Yeah, Carwin actually just showed what the recipe was. You saw when Lesnar came out against Vasquez that it was. He did that bizarre, like, circling motion with his horrible stance, and then just Vasquez was just t teeing off on him one after another. Well, he's just, he just so uncomfortable. And yeah, he, awkward. You, you, you can't come out in the cage against a veteran like Kane Vasquez uncomfortable like that and not anticipate on him realizing that you're uncomfortable. As soon as he knew he was uncomfortable, he just, in his head, he was like, I'm killing him. Yeah, and, and he it's did. It's over before it started. Yeah. Hey, we got, some, we got some quick, uh, like, rapid-fire questions for you. All right? Sure. I got one, too. Go ahead. I've been daydreaming about these spotted bass for the last <laughs> since we mentioned it. You know, I, I, used to, I saw the days look in your yeah. face for a while there. I, I was wondering what, what you was. talk about. I mean, that, we didn't think it was spotted bass. I didn't so. think it was spotted. I thought you were uh, thinking about you know something you else. Quick, when the show's over, I got a Facebook page. You go on the Facebook page and uh, look at the photos. I've had some okay. some, uh, some uploads, and you'll, you can check them out on there. Here's my question. I used to live next to Lake Lanier. The giant big football spots. Sure. Which bait did you use to catch the majority of your just trophy spots? I mean, good question. You know what? I get that. I get asked that question all the time, and I tell people the same answer, and they never believe me. I catch about ninety-five percent of those giants. Fish. Most of them come for me personally. You can catch them in the, in the summer months too, <laughs> uh, but most of mine come from um, beginning of December. Uh, through the end of February. Um, I catch them very, very, very deep, from 40 to 80 feet, and I catch them uh, either on a drop shot or a darter head or a very small Wow. <laughs> wow. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, how, but you wouldn't think that. You think no. big spots, you're thinking in your mind, always t a tennis shoe swim bait or something. Mm. I was going to say jig. Uh. I've, actually, I've actually sank an A-rig out there, a seven-wire A-rig, um, uh, in the depths and, and sitting on a shallow point, going out deep, letting it go down the bottom, and bringing that bait uphill. And generally, when you swim bait fish up here in California, that's what you need to be doing. If you're not, you probably won't get bit. But uh, and I've never got a bite, not even a bite on it. But you think I've actually caught fish, and this is the god on a shoot. I've actually caught fish on a drop shot, seven, eight, nine pounders that come up and they have a kokanee out of their throat, and they're eating a drop shot. But wow. they won't eat a swim bait. They won't, for me, they won't eat a swim bait. They catch them on helicopters right. up there, but for me, I catch all my fish very, very, very light line, six to eight pound test, um, all finesse. How about that? Every one of them. That's and they're and they're deep. The most of the they're big ones come deep. So deep. I've caught it. I've caught it. I caught one over seven over in a hundred feet of water. Wow. Wow. It sounds crazy, and you guys have the same reaction as everybody. But until you do it. And uh, you, you just you just don't understand it. it, it, it and it's funny because this lake, I don't think I've ever caught a two to three pounder. It, it's either six inches or six pounds. Wow. There's no in between. And they're just all so 
Interesting. I can't, it's, it's, Brian the carpenter doesn't even keep 100 feet of line on his reel. <laughs> <laughs> and all the lines from the late 80s. Yeah, uh, it's it's that clear, clear blue fluorescent yeah. strand uh, from the late 80s. It's got magnifying on there. We you all know, use the strand. We all used it. Yeah. I did. You know, the interesting yeah. thing about catching the big spots from 100 feet is that when you get them to the top, they just explode. They've <laughs> <laughs> got the well, bends. I have no idea they're hooked until they're about, it's about 30 feet in the water column, and they, they realize what's going on. Wow. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. That's yeah. like Jock you gotta Cousteau. You, you got to get up here. And, you, and it's not like you go out and, you know, you, you try to, you know, you go out on any other lake and you catch a fish over five pounds a spot. That, that's a hell of a day. Well, I caught a five-pound spot. Up here, you catch 20, 20 plus fish over five pounds. I mean, from five to eight pounds. It, that's just that's just what, what happened. Wow. There was a tournament. There was a tournament last year, later in the year, almost December, I believe. It took 38 to win it. Uh, there was a 36, two 34s, a 32. I mean, that, that's all spotted bass. There's no largemouth. All mm. spots. That's unreal. It's interesting. They did the same thing with the big smallmouth up in Canada. You know, the, the, oh, yeah. those, sure. the, those deep, deep smallmouth, those six-pounders, all come super, super deep. Super deep. Suspended, yeah. too, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Just with the bait. Super deep. So, so, Aaron, did you watch the fights last night? I did watch the fights. I definitely did. It was a close one. Yeah, you know, I, I thought I was actually, I, I actually got off my bed uh, after the first round of that fight, although Mendez fight when he hit him two times yep. uh, after the bell rang. I was so upset right. with the fact that he didn't, one, warn him, or two, take points from him. Uh, that was very, and it, it would have been different if they landed and he kind of slipped him and he went back to his corner, but that last one dropped him, you know, so that's a... That's a that's a game changing punch. You know that 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 can affect the the way you fight the remainder of your fight. You know, it wasn't like he just kind of slapped him. He hit him hard twice, and uh, I was mad. But uh, no, Glover Teixeira, he looked like hell. I couldn't believe that. I'm not a really big fan of Phil Davis, but uh, he I mean he, he wrestled him down, took him down, held yeah. him down. And I know it's not very fan pleasing for a lot of people, but you know wrestling that's an art. If you can hold someone down for five minutes, uh, that's that's pretty hard to do. Yeah. That's what he did for 15 minutes. <laughs> Exactly, the bill, and he was just had having a single crossover in his arm. And he was, yeah, he beat him up. But uh, hey. that Mendez fight, I was told uh, Mendez is there. There, they train thirty minutes away from me. They're in Sacramento, and uh, I'm about thirty miles north. In fact, I got uh, two or three buddies that train with him and Uriah and Benavidez and all those guys. Wow, the, the, the fight to watch on Friday night was um, was Emmanuel Newton and uh, Linton, Linton uh, a guy named Laurel for Bellator. That was an oh, outstanding I fight. Didn't even, I forgot who who won. Uh, dude, do you, uh, do you want me to wreck it for you? You want to try to watch it because it was an outstanding uh, no, fight. Don't wreck, no, don't wreck it. Don't wreck it for me. I'll no, it was a great fight. I mean, this guy Laurel, he's talented. You got to see his ground. I mean, for for four rounds, his his jujitsu was just was amazing. It was phenomenal. You got you got to watch yeah, that yeah. fight. You got because you know it's Bellator. You can get it right now. If you Absolutely. dial it up on YouTube. Check yeah, he came on the map when he uh, when he knocked out uh, Team Mo. He hit with that bat fist. Well, he knocked out two guys with that too. Uh, yeah, that he was, did. No, he, I think his last fight. He got Beltran. Yeah, he knocked out that's Joey right. Beltran with it. Well, Joey Beltran, the what the executioner, I think they call him. He, yeah. uh, I, I really, really, really am surprised that guy still has a contract with anybody. I remember watching him fight the first fight he fought in the UFC. And uh, it was very evident to me that he there was no way that guy was ever going to be successful. You know, yeah. I hate on the guy. He just he just was not technically sound. 
um, and fought more of like a like a like a strapper, like someone was on the street. And that doesn't work. That, that worked, you know, in 2000, not now. It, it's kind of off topic, but as far as we are in the future, I would think Wharf would have better teeth. <laughs> <laughs> There's no dental plan. <laughs> You've got really bad teeth, and you're you're a huge MMA fan. Yeah. <laughs> wow. No mouthpiece. All right, we're, we're running real dangerous on time here. We've got to fire through the rest of this with Aaron. Yeah, Aaron, got a quick question for you, buddy. Very important. Sure. What hurts more? Bouncing a five off the gunnel? Or Aaron bouncing a hold on, buddy, buddy, listen. I'm in a tournament. In a tournament, there's nothing in the world that beats that. That's right. Bouncing a five off the gun on a derby or getting punched in the face. What's worse? I'll I'll get punched in the face three times by the biggest person in the world. Good answer. I'm not even kidding. All right. That's the truth. Bass thumb or broken thumb? What's that? Bass thumb or broken thumb? Uh, bass thumb. Yes. Definitely. Dream job, UFC or the elites? Elites, without a doubt. That's my passion. That is my, man, that makes me emotional even thinking about it. Who has, who has better groupies? Who has better groupies, though? I don't care who has better groupies. <laughs> <laughs> you are driven, dude. UFC. You are driven, my man. <laughs> I, get enough, I, get enough, I get enough women as it is, so if I make it to the... Uh, to the city, uh, I don't really... I don't really care about women anymore. Fish come first. Wow. Ring girl or Ray Scott? <laughs> <laughs> Ring girl. Yeah! That's what I would have picked. Uh, what smells worse, a dead fish in a live well or getting trapped in the north-south position rolling in the gym? Uh, dead fish in a live well. <laughs> That's the worst smell of the world next to burnt hair. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, well yeah. All right. Aaron, listen to me, man. Thank you for carving time out. It was, it was super fun having you on, and great job at Clear Lake, man. We're we're super proud of you for winning that, and uh, and continued success. We wish you the best. Hey, man. Again, I, quickly, I, this is this is very surreal to me. I, I can't. I mean, you thanking me, I, I can't thank you enough. This is a this is truly a dream come true, and. Uh, I appreciate you taking time out of your day uh, to talk with me. This is, I can't wait to call my boy and tell him what just happened. We, we, um, uh, I have a feeling we'll talk to you again soon. You're yeah. going to have, you're gonna have hope, more success. I really hope you do. Uh, Brian's got my number, and if you're ever close uh, uh, down here in California, uh, Mike, I would man, be honored to take you out and meet you or just shake your, shake your hand for that matter. I'd like to uh, do that. Didn't you say you're fishing the FLW Tour? You're going to be at the Potomac next year. No, no, no. I'm fishing the Rayovac Series here. Oh, uh, okay. I got you. Um, yeah, so I, I just I was if I could swing that I would do. I just but like I said, hopefully I'll win the uh, uh, the TBF Nationals in April and I'll be on the FLW tour for uh, right. all paid for. So that's yeah, wonderful. Really. Love it, love it. Aaron Brett, everybody. Aaron Brett. Aaron, thank you, man. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. That was awesome. Well, I know who to call next time somebody pulls in on my fishing hole. Absolutely. He's, he's like muscle in the boat. Full contact fishing. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah, he'd be the, now he'd be the guy to have in a buddy tournament. Think about oh, it. Oh my. Not only is he a good angler, but if somebody hole jumps you, right, dude. Okay, so we got a segue from that. I read an article the other morning. <laughs> right. And Spock. Russ Lane was interviewed. Uh oh. Five questions. Oh, that's not good. Question number Russ five. Lane? Who's Russ, Russ Lane? Oh, yeah, Russ Lane. Russ Lane. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of lanes. Yes. Wrestling? <laughs> so we got a. Wrestling. The best thing since wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> wrestling. <laughs> and the question was 
of the anglers he competes against, if he could have meet one of them in the octagon, who would it be? Yeah. And what was his answer? Kevin. Mike Iaconelli. Wow. <laughs> yes. Cool. What's that mean? Uh, I believe Russ Lane called you out. He wants to punch ah. you in the face, dude. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe he maybe he thinks you're the guy he could take. He has no idea, though. He's gonna he doesn't know. Up. I don't know. He's <laughs> a pretty big dude. I, I don't know. know. I pulled up some statistics here. Um, Russ lists himself at 6'3", Wow. It's big what? dude. I don't know about the 210 part. <laughs> well, he's a big good. pile of dough. He's about 260. <laughs> he's not too He's a big dude. No, he's a big dude. He's a big dude. <laughs> so, so we're talking about a heavyweight, and Mrs. Iaconelli lists you at 5'10", 155. Wow. That's a that's, little bit of a mismatch. lightweight. Yeah, that's soaking wet. But I'll tell you what. <laughs> if Mike keeps it on his feet, I know how to put my money. Because <laughs> Russ don't know. Uh, well, what do you got? I, I, I tell you, there's two things that I picked up from the conversation that we had about the two different sports. is mental toughness and technique. I think those are the two things that are uh, shared by the two sports. How about it? You know? For sure. Mental toughness, obviously, is key to everything. But in in our sport, man, it's it rules the day. There's a lot of parallels between a lot of different sports. Even MMA and fishing, you think, oh, they're worlds apart. But there's parallels, man. There's parallels, for sure. You know, it's the same shit. I want to catch 55-pound bass. Well, I would like to do that. A spotted bass. I mean. 50, a 55-pound spotted bass? Isn't that what it said in the notes? <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's a, a big one. one. Oh, yeah. 55 pounds spotted bass. <laughs> Goliath grouper. 200-pound yeah. test. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. How are we doing on time? I think we're pretty bad oh, yeah, on time. Right. We're out of time. That's it, man. Okay, we're out of time. Well, let's, let's, let's wrap it up. Uh, let me say, this was a dynamic show. This was a dynamic show. Think about everything that happened in the show. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's time well set. Sound effects. Where's the crickets? Right. We not have crickets? Oh, no. The most delicious beer brought to us by Dave and the other guy. Unfiltered IPA. Yeah. Delicious, man. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We, we are, we're, yeah, hold, hold a minute. Before we... We're, we're going to have a minute here. Stop the presses. Stop the presses. What do we got? Yo, John. <laughs> Come on in here. Come on in here. Uh, we're getting ready to close the show, but we've had a guest with us, and this isn't just some random guy. This is a friend of the show. Come on in here and sit down. Let me let him sit. Sit on the table. Sit on the table. Sit on the table. Let him sit. <laughs> what is that? Is that pubic hair on the chair? <laughs> the hell was that? <laughs> oh my gosh! Look at that thing! Oh god! It just almost landed on me. John, well, this is. I, I, let me introduce him. Absolutely. John, introduce him to everyone. We know, but let everybody else sit. John Hansen is a friend of the Bass University. Yes. He's uh, he works with us in many capacities with the Bass University. Yes. Uh, John and I work together closely with some on water training. Um, trying to get John's, you know, trying to get him to the next level. He aspires to greatness, to the uh, to the top level, is where John hopes to go someday, and we're we're trying to get him there. I love it. I love it. But uh, <laughs> nicely done. <laughs> nicely done. Nicely done. Hope to be on the elite someday. Thank you. Among many other anglers that are aspiring to that sort of thing. But uh. 
We're glad to have you here today, Tom. So, so John's singing. What's he? What songs he singing? Yeah, Sweet what? Caroline. Sweet Caroline. We have the guitar right behind you. <laughs> I can play it. <laughs> can we have? Can we hand that guitar to Wharf? Yeah, real quick. Can we hand that guitar to Wharf? Give that to Wharf. We, really we need we need Dan back for that. So he good. sang it the best. He did. <laughs> he did. Okay, so this is a good way. Uh, man, what a dynamic show. I got to tell you, we had an amazing show. We had great guests. Uh, Mark Jeffries, of course. Mark Jeffries in the house. Yeah. Applause for Mark Jeffries. Yeah. Mark is our uh, mentor and creator of Ike Live. We appreciate you, Mark. Uh, Brian the Carpenter, a.k.a. Spock, doing a horrible job as usual. Brian! <laughs> good job. Uh, Becky, a.k.a. Hurra, in the back. Appreciate it. What what a show. What a great show. Keep your eye out. As always, listen to me. Send us a message. Go to Mike underscore Iconelli on a Twitter. And send us a message. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Look out for the next show. It's going to be right before Thanksgiving in November. We're going to have another great show. And we're going to end the show tonight with a song. So, Bright. Kick a little actual music for us in the actual back if music. you can. Give us some actual music. You have an instrumental or something? I do. And we've got Worf is going to play the guitar, and we're all just going to sing along in a kumbaya as we end this show nine of Ike Live. And come on back in. Come on back in, uh, Captain Awesome. Come in. We're all going to sing. <coughs>